I'm now from Neil Rogers. First in Florida with an HD radio digital signal. We're something, I'll tell you, but we can't say it on the air. We're something. Some help. We need some help. We need some help. Ancient evil has returned. The world has never known. Oh, hello. Howard Stern. Now, one secret government agency. Welcome to the Federal Communications Commission. You look like a fat black man. They called upon to stand against them. You just put your hands on the pants of a woman, don't you? You you never done it. Stick to the end, will you? How do I kill it? Hell, John. Now, now banned from a radio near you. All right. 1001 at 560 WQAM. Happy Monday to you. Got some good news on that. Well, not really good news, but promising news anyway, right? About what? About this whole radio business. Oh, that's that, that news, yeah. Right, of course. What that. difference does it make? We're all going to be dead anyway. Are you? Did he really say that? Are, take it from somebody else, then. I didn't see it. I, I know. I was busy it. watching hockey. I forgot all about it. Plus, now I'm going to have to go out and buy the Woodward book today. It comes out today. I missed like 14 minutes of it, and I'm still kicking myself. Damn it. You missed 14 minutes of it? Well, here's some of it right now. Wanted to do this. See, there he is. <laughs> There's Bob Woodward, who is a little on the wooden side, but nevertheless... See, I guess it must just be a coincidence that all these books have been written just uh, one after another, and they all basically say the same thing. Yeah, but they're all just trying to make money. And tell him. How do you like that? Anyway, here's the result of our poll over the weekend. A lot of votes, 2,443. If the election was being held today, who would, who's your choice for president? Now, Bush got a little bit of a goose right there at the end because uh, he was like 13.4, 13.5%. Not that he got to 14%, but you're not fooling me. I see when the piling on is going on. Didn't help. If we were having an election right now, John Kerry, 1,845, 75.5%. George W. Bush, 339, 13.8%. I wouldn't vote, 111, 4.5%. Ralph Nader, 87, 3.5%. Stubborn, stubborn, stubborn fools. And I can't vote 61. Either too old, too stupid, too young, too uh, illegal, uh, whatever they are. Four. 61. Three and a half percent for Nader. Isn't that uh, pathetic? They just it's don't get pathetic. it. They, re yeah. they refuse to understand. They just continue wanting to chase some kind of a pipe dream or just be uh, stupid is what it is. And we can't afford to be stupid this time. Absolutely. When you got a president who says, oh, why worry about how the future is going to look back on my presidency because we're all going to, what future? We're all going to be dead anyway. That sounds really promising to me. How come they're not emphasizing that quote? I don't know. I can't believe he said that. All right. You sure you didn't dream it? Yeah. I Positive? thought I was. I, thought, I rubbed my eyes. I pinched myself. But we're I all going to be dead? We'll, we'll all be dead. <laughs> well, now, what did he mean by that? Bob Woodward asked him, how do you think the future is going to uh, judge you? Right. And he said, the future, and put his arms out like in, in a big, uh, wide-armed shrug. As, as future, if to say, what future? As if to say, that's a long way off. The future, we'll all be dead. Hmm. We'll all be. Oh, speaking yeah, of you dead, McDonald. Just relax now. Don't get yourself all worked up into a tizzy over that moron, okay? He's a real... Moron! Right. Too late. McDonald's CEO oh. dies of a heart attack. Now, 
I don't want to suggest that perhaps he ate too much of his own product because Dave Thomas died too, and I think didn't he die of a heart attack? I think so. I do believe so. Although at least Dave Thomas died with a big smile on his puss. Whereas the chairman and CEO oh! of McDonald's, Jim Cantalupo, died of an apparent heart attack at the age of 60 today, as a matter of fact. He was attending the company's owner-operator meeting in Orlando. The world's largest restaurant chain could not immediately say who was taking over. He either ate too much McDonald's or too much cantaloupe. Taking over his responsibilities. We're focusing on Mr. Cantaloupo and his family, said McDonald's spokeswoman Anna Rosenich. Cantaloupo, former vice chairman and president of the company, was brought back to lead McDonald's in January 2003 when the company was struggling to cope with falling profit in a saturated hamburger market. <laughs> Isn't that a great term? A saturated hamburger market. Outbreaks of mad cow disease and poor service. Saturated fat. All of these things. All of these things. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's kind of a, a saturated hamburger market. <laughs> it's got a little play on words, which is not a really nice thing to do in an obituary. When a guy dies, I bet you one, too, one Big Mac too many. Put him right over the edge, don't you think? No dude. God, that's bad. I, wanna, I want confirmation that you just didn't dream that, because, you know, you right. do a lot of uh, magic mushrooms and that's stuff right. like that. Sure, I that the president hate, of this right? country said, future, we're all going to be dead. Then he said that. Why aren't they screaming yeah, about that? I mean, we've got all these other clips from our Woodward on here. We'll all be dead. And about how the Saudis saw the, uh, not just the, the, the roadmap to war in Iraq before even Roland Colin saw it, and some of the other people in the administration. How about Prince Bandar. Somebody taped the show and has okay. the audio. That WQM, hello. Yeah, I, George is part right, but not quite. What he was See, inferring, I know it. He was inferring that historians in a 100 years are going to look back and say something, but at that time, we'll all be dead. He wasn't saying, you know, apocryphally that we're going to be dead now, tomorrow. Oh, thank, That's thank not you. what I said he said. Yeah, it was. You left yeah, the impression that we were like all going to I hate the guy, too, but that's yeah. not, that was not the impression. No, I, I, don't, I can't imagine that he would have said no, that. George is just a little emotional. George is under a lot of stress. I'm quoting exactly. Thanks a lot, Pally. You're the one misinterpreting it. No, he's not. Would you stop arguing with this very erudite food caller who also hates Bush like poison, but doesn't want to, like, let's not... Let's you, not try to emulate you. the uh, Fox people, okay, right. by all spin all day. Let's put it out there accurately you, and stop you, all your hysteria, okay? You are the one that misinterpreted it. Me? You, not the caller. What do you mean by that? I quoted exactly what was said on the show. You're the and one I, that misinterpreted it. Well, maybe I misunderstood why you were so uh, yeah. exercised about it. Still, it, it means he doesn't care. Yeah. It means he doesn't care what people are going to think. Well, how could he possibly future. care? If he cared, he'd uh, feel pretty bad. Yeah. Even in rural America, he's losing support down from 51 to 40, uh, what is it? I don't know. No, down from 55 to 47 percent or something like that. I'm just quoting there. See, now you've got me doing it. Anyway, here's, let's take a look at something on the brighter side. On our beaded curtain today, if you're over the age of 90, if you haven't, you just barely got a pulse, then you can look and if you've got several pieces of ID and written uh, notes of permission from the Attorney General's orifice. You can look at our beaded curtain on neilrogers.com, and today's nude photo is Gina Gershon. Yeah, there's a naked picture on there, Attorney General Ashcroft, you golf hole. I, I had a great word I was going to start using. Let's see, what the hell was it? Oh, man. Well, it'll come to me okay. instead of uh, the A word. I had a better word I was going to start using. And then start messing with us, FCC, huh? Then start screwing around with us. I'm going to do like they do. I'm just going to make it up as I go along. Sure. Going to make up words so they can have this big, long list. Gina Gershon was born June 10, 1962, in L.A. She was a California Valley girl, moved to New York, and tried to change her image. 
What does that mean? I, I don't in know. other words, as opposed to being a valley girl. For sure. And she's been in uh, how many million films, my God? Uh, West what? Memphis 3, which they're filming right now. Out of season, The Batman. Mm -hmm. What the hell was The Batman? I, I, I don't know. Is she that like The Donald? Never in a good movie unless you're uh, talking uh. about showgirls. Three-way split, tripping the rift. Oh, these are TV series. She's borderline, demon lovers, slackers, picture Claire, the Islanders, Snoop's uh, black and white face-off, touch, touch this, bound, best of the three, short end, et cetera, and so on. Gina Gershon, she's on there right now for you to use and peruse and lose. Now, here's the good news. Well, I mean, again, it's not really great news, but at least it's something uh, moving in the right direction. Ready? Ready. After months of apologizing to Congress and the FCC for Janet Jackson's Super Bowl breast bearing and other edgy on-air content, many of the country's media companies have finally decided the feds have gone too far. All right. About time you start putting your foot down. Today, today, Monday, April 19, Viacom, Fox, Radio 1, and a handful of mid-sized broadcast groups including Citadel, Beasley, and Intercom, will join with activists like People for the American Way and Media Access Project to ask the FCC to rescind its recent decision that the F-word and any other word the commissioners don't like can, can be punished with major fines or license revocations. This is from Broadcasting and Cable Magazine. And I like the way they phrase that. Any other word they don't like. Talk about making it up as we go along. Oh, well, there's nine words today, and then there's 50 words tomorrow, and then there's 100 words on Wednesday, and then by the end of the week we'll have how many thousand words? About 30, man. Can't say that because we don't like it. It says, at press time, meaning for this magazine, neither NBC, whose broadcast of a Bono expletive on the Golden Globes prompted the FCC decision, nor ABC had joined the fight. NBC was expected to file a separate petition today. ABC is not planning to weigh in. Cowards, spineless uh, goofballs. Even a few performers are getting in on the action, though, also asking the FCC to back down our illusionist Penn and Teller and comedian Margaret Cho. Not surprising, since Washington's trying to crack down on performers as well as media companies. If the FCC doesn't strike the Bonner ruling, the author of the petition warned commissioners his clients will appeal in federal court. This is going all the way to the Supreme Court. Then we'll have no justice. Once those nine bozos up there get a hold of it. The likely result and the thinly veiled aim of the petition is a legal battle that would land every piece of Washington's anti-indecency crackdown in the Supreme Court where lawyer Bob Corn Revere of firm Davis Wright Tremaine believes firmly they will win. How do you like that? Well, I hope. The commission's harsh new policy has sent shockwaves through the broadcast industry and is forcing licensees to censor speech that is unquestionably protected by the First Amendment, he wrote in the, in the petition. <laughs> Damn it. The FCC consciously assumed the role of a national arbiter of good taste and its decision already is, is exerting a chilling effect, he'd be saying. Children. The petition chronicles broadcasters' subsequent decisions to scrub their programming of content likely to draw scrutinizing eyes and ears from a handful of misfits, I should point out. That includes NBCER's decision to blur an 80-year-old woman's exposed breast in one scene, network's implementation of a five-second or more delays during live shows, deletion of a hint of cleavage from a P PBS documentary, firing of raunchy DJs, and even a public station dismissal of longtime host Sandra Singh. Even radio rock standards like Who's Who Are You and Pink Floyd's Money have been edited for radio on some stations or dropped from the playlist altogether. Oh, my God. 
Corn Revere highlighted that he's what, what he says are a muddle of recent FCC reversals of indecency rulings that, if nothing else, illustrate the Commission's near impossible task of upholding its legal obligations to both protect children from supposedly harmful broadcast content and avoid trampling on programmers' speech. The Golden Globes case is a perfect example. The Parents Television Council kicked its fight into high gear, not after the show aired in January 2003, but six months later when the FCC staff ruled that Bono's fleeting effing brilliant during a live show didn't warrant punishment of NBC stations. Corn Revere also points out that the FCC decision saying euphemisms may also be indecent raised the question of whether the F word itself or frigging or a host of other words might also be off limits. Frigging. Including just the letter F, which was also yeah, the recently. F word. While broadcasters have been bending over backward to alter their programming practices, the challenge is not entirely unexpected. Throughout the indecency crackdown, including indecency hearings in Washington, Viacom, for one, has been careful to characterize its actions, delays, firings, guidelines to DJs as a response to what it, not Washington, no longer wants on the air. By doing so, it's left the legal issue of indecency open for just such a challenge. When pressed by legislators at the hearings later by Senator Sam Brownback, Nazi Republican of Kansas, in the letter, Viacom President Mel Carmazin refused to pronounce any content indecent, pointing out that that determination was a matter for the company's lawyers to determine. Alone among the big media companies, Viacom has been open about its willingness to challenge the indecency crackdown in the courts, and now joined by a host of others, including Beasley. Oh, man. They must have hopped out of that tree long enough to put their banjo down for a minute. Isn't that great? That's exciting. Nice call, boys. You go, guys. We'll follow you from far behind. 10.13 at 5.60. WQM isn't the time if you need a new mattress that you did the smart thing like I've been doing for so many years and made that one easy call at 1-800-MATTRESS. Donna Mattress backs up everything they say in their advertising 100%. Their competitors lie like crazy. When you see a mattress ad making outrageous claims, be sure to do one smart thing. Read that fine print because there are a lot of lies waiting for you out there in the weeds. Here's an example. In big print, the ad screen, no down payment, no interest, no payment for 24 months. The tiny print at the bottom reads like an encyclopedia of disclaimers. Requires a minimum purchase higher than the advertised sale price. Many times, not a single advertised item would even qualify for financing. Interest penalties are 21% or more. Shoppers need financing the most rarely even qualify. Dial mattress ads have no tiny print, no disclaimers, no lies, no BS, no <laughs> right. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll discover there's never an extra charge for same-day delivery either. Dollar Mattress takes same-day orders all day long from Kendall to Stewart, from Palm Beach to prestigious Fort Myers. And when you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you pick the date and two-hour delivery window when you want your mattress delivered, and guess what? They actually show up when you want them to. So call right now and you'll see why 1-800-MATTRESS is ranked number one in overall customer satisfaction. And Dollar Mattress reminds you to read that fine print because they want you to know exactly what you're buying, even if you decide not to buy from them. So do what smart folks have been doing for a long time. Just make one easy call, sit there right on your fat ass, grab the phone and call 1-800-MATTRESS or log on to their website, mattress.com. Dial a mattress, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. The honest, the smart way to get you a great night's sleep for years to come. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560.
I ought to smack you. I know my smell attracts you. But unlike Zach, you, you still got a job. I feel just like that you are my kid brother. And one you need to another. <laughs> That's why you are so much fired. I'm on a show and put you in a camera. Can't wait till it's over. All right, that's enough. 1020 at 560 WQM. Not only am I a little bit discombobulated here with what you said, but Eric's going to be real unhappy with you, too. Okay. You want to know why? Why? Where, did you ever fax him the uh, poll that I revised? No. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well, I changed the poll, and he's not going to be a happy camper about that. Although the good part of it is there were only two choices up there anyway. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. Our bad. The most important person that, well, the reason I'm doing this, first of all, is because uh, Time Magazine does their thing every, I don't know how often they do it. And why should we worry? Because we won't be there in 100 years anyway. We'll all we'll be, all dead. be dead. Uh, the most influential people of the 20th century. And they got a list. Now, they broke theirs down. Uh, I don't think we want to do that, although we could kill a lot of good days doing that. But that would be, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no Quickly way. theme. Now, Leaders and revolutionaries, artists, entertainers. I'll give you the uh, rundown a little bit. I don't want to do it right now because that would put a monkey wrench in our pool, right? Who cares about Time Magazine when we got our pool to build on, right? Right. Even though pool building is ponderous. The most important person in the world of the 20th century was? Now, I started the list with just three. Oh, I better say that again so Eric can figure out what we're doing, if he can hear us. The most important person in the world in the 20th century was the Pope. Well, wait a minute. Which Pope was that? That's See, that's bad. Pope John Paul? Pope Pius? Urban. Well, I'm not putting no Pope. Urban. Okay, we'll let them... Uh, uh, FDR and Adolf Hitler. Okay? Okay. Now, we can't put Bush in there, even though, you know, putting Hitler on there does bring him to mind, because this is the 20th century, which ended. And we can debate on this again. Did the 20th century end uh, after two... Well, regardless. Because <laughs> he was... No, he didn't... After he stole the election, he didn't get in until January 2001. Correct. So the most important person in the world of the 20th century was FDR, Adolf Hitler, and then uh, you can fill in the blanks, okay, when we get around to it, when we're good and ready. You know what I mean? WQAM, hello. Change the topic, please. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Begging there he is. Paul Bonnet is boring. Well, at least uh, you change your line anyway. That's good. How about changing your underwear? I can smell it all the way up here, schmuck. Air America, multicultural feud to be heard today. Multicultural radio broadcasting, Inc., which owns radio stations in Chicago and Los Angeles, pulled the plug on Air America last Wednesday. Multicultural's owner, Arthur Liu, told the Chicago Tribune the radio network bounced and check was in default, which we know all this by now. The judge has scheduled a hearing on the dispute for today. Air America, which leases radio stations in 16 cities, filed a complaint in New York State Supreme Court demanding it be restored to the air and compensated. Air America, which features a program hosted by very, very wooden and boring comedian Al Franken, was launched to counter right-wing hosts who dominate daytime talk radio. Yada, yada. So the hearing is today. Okay, we'll keep you posted on that. Won't we? 
All right, whatever. We certainly will. So let me tell you my little airport story before we continue. Oh, that's right. I better change the topic. It's an airport story for Bozo Head there. Uh, so I'm leaving this Saturday morning for Miami International. Now, you could ask me, how come you always fly out of Miami instead of Fort Lauderdale? How come you always fly out of Miami? I don't know. Maybe because I'm a moron. I'm just used to it. I don't know. All my friends at Air Canada are there, eh? Like Elaine. How you doing, Elaine? But at any rate, uh, so I get to the airport. And uh, I get my boarding pass from my good friend Elaine, and I'm waddling toward the uh, where they have it all roped off before you go through security, you know? Right. And, of course, when you're a big shot and flying in business or first class, they have a special line over way over on the right. So there's a guy standing there, and he looks at my uh, boarding pass and my passport, et cetera. And I, I'm just about ready to go through, like, uh, to where they have you take off your shoes and underwear and all that stuff. And here's another guy that wants to see it, and the passport, too. Old Cuban guy. Mm-hmm. No, Neil Rogers. I said, yes. I said, how are you doing? He says, oh, how come your name on the passport isn't the same as... I said, because it's not my real name. I, I wanted to say, because it's uh, made up, schmuck. It's kind of like Ricky Ricardo, you idiot. <laughs> and he says, oh, well, how do you like it up there in Toronto? You like it? I said, yeah, it's great. He says, oh, no Cubans, huh? I said, oh, there's lots of Cubans. I said, there's some Cubans. There's all kinds of people, and they all get along. He said, oh, yeah, just like here, everybody gets along. And I said, yeah, sometime. <laughs> and I just, I just waddled along through that the rope line and just got the hell away from him before I started getting, like, my dander up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what is that? A fan. Gives No, not a fan. He's sure. giving me a shtuch, man. He's giving me, like, a little shot, you know? Oh, you like it up there because there's no Cubans. Well, no, maybe not no Cubans, but because you're one of them that's not here. That's maybe why I like it. You miserable old creep, spick, God. And you wonder why people can't stand Miami International Airport. Now, there are a lot of nice people there, don't get me wrong. But there are also some, uh, like, you know, banana peelers and nose pickers there that uh, I could live without, including him. Astake your meatus, okay, schmuck? I just, I just mentioned that because it was just so typical of how people can be unpleasant, if you catch my drift. Unpleasant. Why, you think that's a pleasant experience? No, of course not. I was just no. busting your chops. The most, just like that thing you told about the president with the saying that we're all going to be dead by the end of the week that's or whatever you said. Is that what he said? The we're all going to be dead by the, uh, who worries yeah, about the election? We're all going to be dead anyway? And by the way, that Catherine Harris, I'm hearing more about her too. <laughs> Let's just make a bunch of stuff up. Oh. Who the hell cares? Everybody else does. That's right. The Fox people, they do it 24-7, man. All spin all day. They're spinning it. It's like being caught in a goddamn... Whoop. <laughs> oh. See, I'm getting a little bit too oh, relaxed being back boy. here, and I just had to dump myself. I you said know, the, uh, the... Damn, I said the G-word. You're too old to uh, relearn how to talk. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, we all say these things. <laughs> yes, it's, it's nauseating. And, of course, uh, this company, they can't really make up their mind. I'm delighted to see that they finally butched up a little bit and grew a small pair over the weekend or whenever they finally decided to do it. But don't be making any more calls, Muffer Clarence, to uh, uh, Naples, Fort Myers, over whether we can say this and whether we can do that, because the answer is always going to be, no, we no, better not do that. Just to be on the safe side. 26 past 10 at 560 WQM, your heavily <laughs> censored station. Five to local. This, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. WQAM. Oh, in Miami Town, at 560 WQAM. They're going to sink your teeth right into Condoleezza. For every Democrat I know, it's going to please you. Either you work hard, you're blind, Condoleezza. Hey, Condoleezza. Right. Now they get to question Condoleezza, and to do that, no one wants to be a. See, they get hurt, and then they got hurt, and then
You got the, uh, oh, I like that. The Humper at 4 from Shula State 2, or the uh, Big oh. at 7, Eddie K at 10. And after that, well, I got some more good news. Excellent. NBC has confirmed that December 1st will be Tom Brokaw's last day on the job as anchor of the MEC. All right. That's the, some of the best news I ever heard. And the reason being, Brian Williams will take over the network's signature newscast the following day, December the 2th. That's good news because Brian Williams is a good newsman. You can actually understand what he's saying. What? You can actually speak the language. NBC, not, you know, Tom Brokaw. I mean, there, this has got to be one of the great mysteries to me in the history of mankind. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure which is the biggest mystery. I mean, at least I'm as back in the day. You know, what's funny about 100 years ago, he was really very good. But Barbara Wawa has always been just sure. totally incoherent. And Tom Brokaw, and Barbara Walters, though, well, I take that back. Wasn't she once upon a time a news lady on ABC? Yes, but still. Why? Still what? Why? How did she get to be a news lady with that? Oh, I don't know. But I'm trying to make the point is for as long as we can remember, she's been just an interviewer. She's been interviewing people. But Tom Brokaw was like one of the three major networks' nightly news anchors, which is with a with a horrendous speech defect, and and more people watch him than Dan Rather, which amazes me. Although Dan's got that very disconcerting thing on the tip of his nose, you know, mm-hmm. that chanker, that cancerous thing they removed. Uh, and you funny, can't pay man. any attention to what he's talking about in the news because you keep looking at the tip of his nose <laughs> and wait for it to start growing. So anyway, Tom Brokaw is going to be signing off. December 1st will be his last night on NBC. And most of us with any kind of a brain at all are delighted because Brian Williams is excellent. He's been waiting a long, long time for Brokaw to finally throw in the towel. Nice going, Brian. You go, boy. Let's add a few names to this list. What do you say before I plow ahead here because we've got a lot, lots of uh, stuff to talk about. And we better do it before 2 o'clock because we'll all be dead by then anyway. Isn't that what he said? 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T. The most important person in the world in the 20th century was, was, WQM, hello. Neil? Yes? Hi. Um, Hi. Uh, I'm sorry you missed the uh, the the Woodward uh, interview last night, but uh-huh. I, thought, I thought the highlight of the interview, if you will, was that when he was talking about the, the $700 million that they took from the allocated money for the appropriation yes. for the mm-hmm. Afghan war mm-hmm. and that they... Uh, they, they did a bait and switch. Really, and I think that that, I mean, I think even this Republican Congress is going to have to consider that a, a, an impeachable offense. Never going to happen. Uh, I don't know. It's, just, it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's a crime. Never going to happen. Uh, well, he's... They're, they're too worried about stains on blue dresses. They can't be worried about stuff like that. Yeah, well, he, he's such a crook. It's unbelievable. Scary, very scary. And don't forget crook rhymes with snook, which I think are uh, both very appropriate in this case. Yeah, well, and the funny the funny part was when he was talking about, needless to say, the funny part was when he was talking about the, the Bush intellect and how he considered intellectual... <laughs> he's a... It's, a, it's hard to believe. It's like, how could he ever get, well, he wasn't elected president, but it's like we've got to get him out. So, bye. Bye. <laughs> she got it out of her system. And then, bye. I like that. Yeah. That was good. That was excellent. 5670560. Oh, now, if they don't want to call and suggest names for the poll, I got the whole list from time anyway, so I'll just put them on there. Just that. Because that, that's fine with me. Either way, I don't care. I couldn't give a crap less. 
WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Pretty good. Your most intellectual, I mean, not intellectual, excuse me, influential um, person of the 20th century, I, I would think you'd have to put Lenin on the list. Not John oh. Lennon. Um, John Vladimir Lennon would be Lennon. good. Yeah, Vladimir, Vladimir Lennon. Because, I mean, for about 70 years, you know, like, it was the battle between communism and the West, and, I mean, he was the founder of the Soviet Union. He was like mm -hmm. George Washington. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he was the father of his country. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and on that quote that um, George was talking about from Bush, yeah. I, I think Bush, in his own way, was trying to, like, paraphrase a famous uh, quip that was made by, I don't know if you ever heard of the econo economist John Maynard Keynes, the yes. of Keynesian uh, economics. Yes. He was asked one time um, about some result that would happen in the long run, and he was exasperated about, you know, being asked what would happen in the long run, and he mm -hmm. said, in the long run, we're all dead. Yeah. And I, and I think that was sort of what Bush, in his own feeble way, was trying to get at. Well, I, I never realized he had uh, that capacity. I'm really impressed. Well, that's, I'm saying feeble, yeah. Maybe, I mean, some, maybe somebody read it to him. It, it probably heard it once uh, from a, a fairy tale or something. Thanks a lot, Pally. Okay, take care. Have a great day. Vladimir Lenin, you got it? Not to be confused with John Lennon. Got it. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM, hello. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, I cannot believe you didn't see that uh, Bob Woodward interview last night. Didn't see it. Uh, must watch. Maybe you can get it on the internet. If you replaced the uh, ASS with ASH and said uh, somebody was no, asked, can't do that. No, too close. I, I had one. I, I had one that I came up with while I was shaving this morning, and all of a sudden it slipped my uh, feeble mind. Uh, it'll come back. I know. If, we, if you were to say, instead of calling somebody a DI, you know what, you yeah. can call them a Cheney from now on. Right. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, just Cheney head? Keep up the good work. Okay, thanks. Hey, he's a real Cheney head, that Presidente. Now, but I had one that was so good. It'll, it'll never come back. Be, you know. Huh? Right in the middle of the back into my so mind. Blurred it right out. And he said, well, I'm be out walking on the street, and I'll start talking to myself. Oh, that, there it is. Well, why should I be uh, different from a lot of other people? There, there are a few people around that uh, do talk to themselves. Any big city, you know, you go out on the streets, oh, yeah. and they're like, bah, 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 bah. yeah. Up and down the Pretty hall, interesting conversation. WQM, hello. QAM. This is 567. QAM. 567-OH560. This is us. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. You? Speaking. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, I got a uh, name for your poll. Okay. Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. Why the hell not, man? He uh, smoked a big fat one every day. Every day of his adult life. I got a book for you. I got a book for your readers too, for your listeners. Okay. Uh, useful idiot. Bye. Take care. What is it? Oh. <laughs> No, I meant as written by, he thought I was saying like that woman did. Bye. <laughs> that, was, that was great. I'll tell you, we're off to hell of a good start. Why not just close down the books right now for the week, huh? Right. Can't top this. This has been spectacular, if I do say so myself. Right now. So let me ask you, so how come your name on your passport ain't the same as your, uh, what a miserable <laughs> spick. I God. think you read him wrong. I did not read him wrong. He was uh, trying to give me a little shot there. I didn't mind that. He was just, uh, but when he got to the thing about, oh, everybody gets along here, too. Yeah, no, forget about that. It was the line about, oh, there's no Cubans up there, huh? That's why you like it. He's calling me a Cuban hater, okay? Cuban hater. 
I got news for him, man. I've, uh, I know my Cubans, believe you me. Yeah, it's just he ain't one of the ones that I like. Trust me when I tell you. Anyway, I was thinking to myself, holy Moses, but that's another story. Twenty. By the way, Moses looked pretty good the other day. 20 before 11 at 560 WQAM. Is your company suffering from regulations and increased labor costs? Let Oasis Outsourcing help you when it comes to the people side of your business. Payroll administration, Fortune 500 company employee benefits, human resource services, and risk management are just a few of the services Oasis Outsourcing can cover to help your business be more profitable. Call Oasis Outsourcing today for a free evaluation. Call 1-866-AT-OASIS. That's 1-866-286-2747. With more than 60,000 employees worldwide, Oasis Outsourcing understands that lots of facets of human resource management. Outsourcing is being recognized by firms large and small as a powerful management choice, which lets you focus on your core business while leaving the operational details through Oasis Outsourcing. So let Oasis Outsourcing make your business more profitable. For a fee evaluation, call that toll-free number, 1-866-AT-OASIS. That's 1-866-286-2747 for Oasis Outsourcing. Sports Radio 560, QAM. Hi, Richard Simmons here. And since there's been weeks and weeks of publicity about my unfortunate misunderstanding in that airport, I've decided to use my status as an exercise guru to launch a brand new home video for all of you fat bastards out there. It's bitch slapping to the oldies. This is such a fantastic video. Three solid hours of nothing but regular people running around in short shorts, smacking their living heck out of a passerby. Here's the clip. Pardon me, sir. Do you know what time it is? Yeah, it's time to slap your face. Guess what? It's time to slap your face. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me, gentlemen, if I can interrupt, please. To the beat. It slap and slap and slap and slap. I would sure love to get back my gorilla's figure. 1045 at 560. That word came back to me. Yeah? Yeah. Ant hole. Ant hole? Yeah. Right? Ant hole. They have Right? There's, there's such a word. Sure. There's certainly nothing offensive about ant hole. So instead of saying what we can't say, instead of saying that, he's a real ant hole. It's going to take us uh, some time, and hopefully by the end, time we get through with the whole vocabulary, at that point, the Supreme Court will say, hey, guess what, all you uh, crazed commissioners, you overstepped your bounds, cut the crap. Maybe. Unless Anton Scalia's got something to say with it. Anthole Scalia? Because he's a real anthole. <laughs> yeah, that's why they call him Anthony. We only got seven votes on that poll. Maybe this poll, maybe I should have just uh, taken the names off this list here. Yeah. But, I, but that's no fun, because if they can't build a poll, they ain't got nothing to say. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on it. I mean, let's let some of the obvious ones. How about like uh, uh, pretty obvious, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, and him too. Right. How about uh, Charles Darwin? There you go. Right. Let's stick him on there. I'll vote for. Was him. he in the twentieth century? I think so. Josh can Google him. Pretty sure yeah, he was. You better. Yeah, sure he was. What about uh, um, Thomas Edison? Right? Right? How can you leave him out? Out of sight, out of mind. 
What about uh, Albert Einstein? Sure. Uncle Albert. Well, let's get some of those on there, the obvious ones, because they'll be adding maybe one or two more. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM, hello. How about Mo Howard David? Mo Howard David's not bad. <laughs> That's good. Right? Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> now watch him go ahead and put it on there. Go ahead and put it on there. Why the hell not? Although he didn't darken our door until uh, 2002, unfortunately, but I'm sure before that he was very influential in New York and in Massachusetts right. and in Wisconsin, all of these places. Right? Everywhere. Sure, put him on there just for kicks. WQAM, hello. How you doing, Uncle Neil? Pretty good, sir. Bill Wilson. Bill Wilson? One of the co-founders of AA. Oh. <laughs> Never heard of him. Well, uh, if he, was, it wasn't, he, was no, he was no Woodrow Wilson, I'll tell you that. No, he wasn't, but if it wasn't for the 12 steps, a lot of people wouldn't have gotten their lives together. He was no Nancy Wilson. Okay, have thanks. It. He was no Al Wilson. Have yourself a good day, or just have yourself, and don't be an anthole. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that came back to me, because I thought, you know, that's uh, what's not to like, right? Right. Everybody it's not easy it. to come up with a word that we can even say anymore. Forget about that. That makes any sense. He's an anthole. FDR's got five. Hitler's got two. I don't think this uh, is going to go all that big, do you? I thought it would. I mean, it's, uh, if it's good enough for Time Magazine, I guess it's not good enough for our discriminating audience. That's but that's right. just the way they are. Time's Line bad. 9 always adds something really big to the show. QAM, hello. Yeah, hi. I'd like to put uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates, of course, and his brother V. Yeah. V. Gates. Hi. Okay, thank you. Bill Gates, one of George's least favorite people. Mm. But you can't leave him off of there. Nope. Now, what's the name of the guy who invented the Internet? And I don't mean Al Gore. Seriously. Seriously. There were two sciences that wanted to communicate. Right. They worked out how to do it, but they needed somebody in some government somewhere like America to make it legislation. Right. And I, I didn't Gore, ask for a history lesson. I just asked for a name. Al Gore did that. So it was what? those three guys. No, well, Al Gore didn't invent okay. the Internet, okay? He was an enabler. He got the guys together. He but wrote, if you want to put Al Gore on there, and if we can put Mo Howard David on there, we can certainly put Al, Al Gore. He wrote no? the legislation Absolutely. that created the Internet. Right. Al, Al Gore. Gore. Yeah, that's but that's not what, that's like an allegory. But he didn't come up with gave. the idea. Right. These two no, guys. You don't know the name, because I was just reading about this guy the other right. day in one of those uh, news magazines. Well, in fact, you know something? Maybe it's on that time list. Maybe. Let me see. Leaders, revolutionaries, artists, entertainers. Guess who the artist entertainer... Uh, oh! Oh! Wow! 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 Guess who was number... Well, number one is easy. Entertainers. Elvis. Right. Number two, you wouldn't guess it. It's almost as bad as Celia Cruz. It's a singer? Yes. Number one entertainer of the 20th century. Right. I mean, Well, let me, let me see how they, um, the most influential, what's the question? Yeah, most influential entertainer of the 20th century. Frank Sinatra. No, no. Wrong uh, ethnic uh, background. Oh. More one of your people. I get it, uh, French. I don't know what he is. Charles Aznavour. Huh? Most people never even heard of Charles Aznavour. And I'm one of them. You never heard of him? Never Maybe. even heard of him. Oh, my God. I heard the name, but I think he's like a French, uh, like a crooner ballad. I don't know. Never heard of him. See, this category is artists and entertainers, meaning singers. Uh, Charlie Chaplin was third. Uh-huh. Then Lennon. Not Vladimir. John. Right. Rolf Harris. Who? See, this was taken all over the world. I see. Worldwide. 
You understand? Okay. Which is why uh, some of the frogs, I guess, got on there. <laughs> the ones that were waiting in, in um, uh, the movie. What tells the movie? Magnolia. Magnolia. Of course, because you uh, brainwashed me about that movie. It's great. Safa Boot. I beg your pardon? S-A-F-A-B-U-T. I don't think we can say that. Safa can't say that. She's a real boot. He, she, it. I don't know what it is. William Burroughs. I remember Abe Burroughs used to be on TV. I know Booker Brian remembers him on What's My Line. George Lucas, The okay. Beatles, and Disney. Uh, this, this, our poll is going to be better than theirs. Don't feel bad about our poll. Whatever it is, it's going to be better oh, than theirs. Already. Scientists and thinkers, Enrico Fermi, Victor Hambardzumian. <laughs> oh, yeah, Edward Teller, we better put him on there right away, okay? When you go to the bank, you better hope that your teller ain't named Edward. Yasser Nuri Ozturk. Okay. Vannevar Bush. Oh, another Bush. Albert Einstein, John Kennedy is on here. Let's put him on there. I don't, I don't know how he could be the most influential because he was only president for what, like three, not even three years, was he? Right. Six, no, two and a half. Three minutes. Uh, che Guevara. <sighs> Guess who else is on this list? I give up. You're going to be really. Some of your people are going to be not too happy about this. Disgusted over that Che business. Number four, leaders and revolutionaries: Winston Churchill, Mustafa Kemal Ataturk. Franklin Roosevelt, and number four is... Incredible. Come on. Incredible. You can do it. Just think of Miguel and immediately say... Incredible. To hell with... Incredible. Fidel. Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro is number four. But uh, going, dropping down with a bullet. Five, six, seven. Oh, I heard a rumor that uh, he's dead. Oh, that's right. We heard that rumor on the El Sol in South Florida. How come those guys pull crap like that? We, You know, I read a thing that at least I didn't just make up, the Catherine Harris thing. And there's about 85 different, about 30, man. 35 different uh, things on there now on the Internet on Neil Rogers. Well, get your facts straight, Neil Rogers. Catherine Harris didn't die, you know, like it was a big deal. Right. Like we're going to make a big simus about that. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. You're yes, a moron. Sir. What do you say? You're a moron. I'm a moron. Oh, I'm a moron. Well, there's no question about that. Thank you. Back at you. WQM, hello. Uncle Mio. Yes, sir. For the poll, how about yes. uh, Martin Luther King? Martin Luther King Jr., excellent choice. And for a substitute for the A word, how about yes. Ashcroft? He's an Ashcroft. Mm-hmm. I like day. anthole better. Okay, thanks. Although Ashcroft is an anthole. Right? Absolutely. See, it's got to have hole in it, otherwise it's not sure. quite as biting. Or you could say ash. Uh, you you could say ash hole, right? But unfortunately, you probably would slur it a little bit every now and then. And they say, "Oh, you said it. You yeah, see, we, we gotcha, gotcha, gotcha." He said, yeah. no. "So I don't want to do that." Because ant hole is ant hole don't have like no s's in it. You know, I got a wood stove. Yeah. And in the bottom of it, so that the ashes can fall through into the. Pan. Oh, is that the ash hole in your stove? Absolutely. I see. Okay. Make sure you leave like a little pause in there in between the syllables. Mm -hmm. Ash hole. Breath. Hole. There you go. Now we're starting to get a few votes on there. The most important person of the 20th century was FDR 10, Hitler 9, Edison 8, Weinstein Churchill 8, Albert Einstein 7, Bill Gates 5, Charles Darwin 1. None yet for Vladimir Lenin or John Lennon or JFK or Mo Howard David. I don't have any. See, he won't put that on there. You think we're joking about that? He did. Josh. He really thought we were joking. Huh? He well, put he it would... on now. Put it on You now. better get with it. Your brain must be the size of a... See him. Yeah. <laughs> he thought you were joshing. Yeah. No, Josh, and they want Mo Howard David. He'll get some votes. About 30, man. 
He's probably at home right now, uh, cranking that thing up. <laughs> Sigmund Freud. Vicky says Sigmund Freud. You got it? We got it. The Wright brothers. And here it says at the bottom of this fax says Kerry or Canada 2004. <laughs> there you go. Good choice. Good choice, eh? Too bad about those Leafs in overtime last night, but at least it brings up a dramatic, climactic game seven tomorrow night at the Air Canada Center as the falling leaves are on the precipice of uh, saying bye-bye for another season. But we'll see. See what happens tomorrow. The Wright brothers, but of course, Frank and uh, uh, Schmendrick. Right? Right. Wrong. Orville? Daryl Wright, he drives at the Hazel Park and Northville Downs. And once in a while wins a raceway. 5670560 in Wilbur. Pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. WQM, hello. Good morning, Neil. How about rectal cavity? WQM, hello. Not if you brush yes, me, though. Neil. Yes, sir. Good morning. I'd like to get your opinion on something totally different. That's probably what his dentist is checking because he's a... No, I can't even remember. He's an anthill. <laughs> I can't remember the word. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, Neil. Yes. Okay, how are you doing today? I'm still doing pretty good. Uh, good. Listen, I'd like to get your opinion on something that is going to be definitely going on in November. And what is that? Uh, we know it's going to be probably a very close election, right? Not necessarily. Well, that's what mostly, most everybody is saying. But supposedly that is going to be a close election. And one or two states can actually decide the election, which is going to be Florida and Ohio. Mm-hmm. Now, the two of them are voting with the Diable machines, which are going to leave no paper trail. What do you think that if it's closed, the Bush administration is going to do? Are they going to steal the election again? Of course. Well, of course. Why, why would they not do it again? Why do you think that we are not doing anything about it right now? Well, we can. We still can do something about well, it. Well, there are people trying to do something about it, but uh, good luck to them. That's all I can tell you. You got my vote. Meet you at the border, babe. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, they're trying. I mean, like uh, our good buddy there. What's his name? What's his name? Our good uh, Democratic representative up there in uh, oh, Palm Beach right. County, which I can't think of his name. Yeah, Bob, uh, uh, Bob and Ray. Bob Woodward. I don't know. I have like a brain fart on everything. It's just one of them things, man. Just one of them things. And, you know, it's all your fault, too, because when you told me that line about we're all going to be dead. Well, we I are. Just, uh, and it was my bad. I misinterpreted it, granted, but it just seemed that you were so uh, overwrought by it. I just couldn't imagine what else you were. by it. Uh, why I mean, was that? Because we're going to be dead? Because he doesn't care how history is going to judge him be- because he's not going to be But you know something? If you were him, would you want to think about how history is going to judge him? Of course him? not, but I'm well, not the there president. You go. So you stop know. and think about that, man. He's supposed to care. Stop and think about that. And stop being such a hard ass. No. Stop being such no. an anthill no. hill hole. No. 1057 at 560 WQM. You've heard about the big demand and the high pay potential for computer professionals. Have you ever wondered if this career is for you? Well, here's your chance. Fast Train is hosting a free one-hour seminar on computers and networking this Wednesday evening at both the Miami and Fort Lauderdale campuses. That's right. Learn basic PC troubleshooting and networking absolutely free. Seating for this free computer seminar is limited, so pick up the phone and call Fast Train. Toll free, it's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. That's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. All attendees to the free seminar will receive a diagnostic tool at no charge, so call Fast Train right now at that toll-free number, 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, to reserve your seat. And if Mark you decide Foley. that a new... I beg your pardon? Mark Foley. No, not Mark Foley. Are you crazy? Sorry. Wrong Mark Brian. Foley is that... In Palm Beach. Oh. Not Mark Foley. First of all, he's a Republican. He's also a... And if you decide that a new high-paying career is in your future, Fast Train can have you trained and ready for your new job in just four short months. Check out Fast Train at FastTrain.com and then make that call and reserve your spot for this Wednesday's free seminars. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. This is Sports Radio 560 QAM. 
only in the Banana Republic, baby. Only in Miami. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story. He was the king of Latino pop. But since he played George W. Bush's inauguration ceremonies, his fame has dwindled. Coincidence? You be the judge of Ricky Martin. Well, let's look at the guy's career. Ricky Martin's manager, Slappy Gold. Check it out. He's a gifted child. He's in the famous combo Menudo by the time he's 12. He's the star of the hot Spanish-language soap opera Alcanzar Una Estrella. He goes solo and sells billions of records worldwide. Then he dances next to George W. Bush. He eats it big time. You do the math. We asked George W. Bush to comment about his withering effect on Ricky Martin's career. I have no comment, except to say that Ricky was the best-looking guy I ever stood next to. And that includes Dick Cheney. As it turns out, the phenomenon of presidential inauguration ceremonies killing a musician's career is a long-standing tradition in America. History expert Leon Neverboned. At Warren Harding's inauguration, he booked a very popular group of his day called the Knee Slapping Twits. Well, they went right into the crapper after that. Clem Suck, the lead singer, never recovered. Damn you, Warren G. Harding! And, of course, we all remember when Hendrix played Nixon's inauguration. Two years later, <laughs> he was dead. But Nixon had a good time. Give me some of that purple hay. Man, I'm Gonsville. Money isn't real, baby. Oh, look, a dragon is swallowing the sun. Oh, Ricky Martin. If you thought you'd never hear him and Dick Nixon mentioned in the same sentence, then you don't know our screwed-up show at all. It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business tonight on Inside the Behind. 1103 at 560 WQM. Happy Monday to you. I mean, the Marlins lost to all three in Atlanta. They got swept. But uh, a lot of people bringing their Marlins jerseys and caps back to the stores is what I'm hearing. You just made that. No reason for despair. They're still 8-4. They're still in first place. But uh, they lost three in a row. Can I have my money back, please? Got some tickets we'd like to sell. So Charles Aznavour, wrinkled up old prune frog. Okay. My, sh my shortcomings are my voice, my height, my gestures, my lack of culture and education, my frankness, and my lack of personality. So wrote the 26-year-old French singer and songwriter Charles Aznavour one night in 1950, drunkenly brooding over his stalled career. Five foot three, as a matter of fact. You should like him. He's well, a shrimp. Him. He's a shrimp. I don't shrimp. like people based on their altitude. But whenever it goes on about uh, how he, the man who reinvented the French chanson. Remember oh. Chanson d'Amour by Art and Dottie Todd? Of course sure. you know. The French chanson, which I have no idea what that means, composed more than 600 songs, sold more than 100 million records, is still a star, and he's still alive. And he's still no one I ever heard of. They hit him with five shots. <laughs> And he's still alive. How do you like that? Charles Aznavour. Horrible. Kent couldn't sing his way out of a paper. He's like the French Sinatra. Now you got it? Oh, oh him. Oh, he, he's not quite as well connected. A Long Island Railroad commuter train and an empty Amtrak train collided near Penn Station this morning, sending dozens of passengers in area hospitals with minor injuries. The train from Ronkonkoma to Penn Station hit the Amtrak train shortly before 7 a.m. at the J.O. Interlocking. And a tunnel outside the east end of Penn Station. Uh, passengers suffered head, neck, and back injuries. Well, I'll tell you one thing. A lot of ambulance uh, chasing lawyers going to be signing people up right there on the spot. Many passengers were standing up as the train approached Penn Station preparing to debark. People scattered all over the place. People complained about sprain wrists and neck hurting, hurting. They were going oh, 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 a lot like that. Not that they were embellishing, you understand. 
Of course. Where's the lawyer? Let's see. Jonas Salk. Well, there you go. There's one. The most important person of the 20th century. I think they may be a little bit carried away, but Dr. Jonas Salk says Stephen. We all, I mean, not good enough that we're going to put Stephen's choice on there. Now he's getting pushy. He also wants a Eichner? bit. Well, I'll think about it. Now, don't be sending me any more of these priests. There's just too many priests in too little time. Eastern Orthodox Bishop gets 28 in jails for casino groping. Oh, we better check that one out, though, yeah. before we get into all of our Bob Woodward stuff. You see, just because I didn't watch the show last night doesn't mean I don't have all of the important crap right here in front of me. What do you think? I'm some kind of an ant hole? Well, for example, Saudi envoy promised Bush a drop in oil prices ahead of the election. Yes. Marine Dowd, House of Broken Toys. I got some, and Woodward shares war secrets on CBS News uh, website, which it would make sense as 60 Minutes is their show. Wouldn't that make sense? Guess where? Guess where? Where? You'll be able to see Bob Woodward, and I'll guarantee it'll be a lot better than uh, 60 Minutes because they just give you that little short piece, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a clue. Only $50. Tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight with Larry King. He's going to be uh, asking him penetrating questions. Only $50. So That's that you have a chance to see Bob Woodward, which I will. I'll watch it. I'll tape it. I'll... Uh, you know, and he'll go into great detail. Traverse City, Michigan, an Eastern Orthodox bishop who likened jail to a death sentence and begged not to be incarcerated for groping a woman's breast at a casino was ordered to spend 28 di- days behind bars. Bishop Dimitri Khoury, 55, told the judge that it would be like a death sentence to my career and thus to my very life and pleaded for community service instead, but uh, no chance. In a 30-minute statement, he described his life in the day of the crime in great detail, including the poached eggs and tomato juice he had for breakfast. He also apologized to the victim. He groped her. Yeah. Well, so what's the big deal with that? He groped a breast. Maybe he thought it was like, uh, you know, a public breast? I don't know. Something to grab onto. Maybe he was like off balance. Maybe he was falling. Right. Maybe he was a little bit uh, <laughs> tipsy. And Cheyenne, Wyoming. Oh, I bet you Dick Cheney ain't too excited about this. In his home state, no less. A former priest will serve 15 months to 7 years in jail for molesting a teenage boy in a case that also involves allegations of ritual beatings and torture, his lawyer said yesterday. Ritual beatings and torture. Great. Anthony Jablana, what kind of a name is that? Jablanawald. Sounds awfully Polish to me. Anthony Jablanawald, 69, that is his age, pleaded no contest in Wyoming District Court last week to one count of taking indecent, immodest, or immoral liberties with a minor. The priest denied taking part in any rituals, but told authorities the sex act was for spiritual reasons and not sexual gratification. That's, that's one of the greatest lines i ever heard in my life. Maybe that's why that guy in uh, Vegas, that's what that was all about. Right. He grabbed that breast for spiritual reasons. Jablonowal was serving at a monastery in southeast Ohio when the charges surfaced two years ago. He remained at Tite County Jail yesterday. Unclear whether he'd be transferred to a state corrections facility. I don't know that he'll actually go into the prison system. They said that there's a safety concern. Kind of like Father uh, Gagan. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Won't see him no more. Good. The victim now in his late 30s made allegations that Jablonowski... Oh, now his name just changed to Jablonowski. Maybe it's just a bad copy I'm reading. Could be. That Jablonowski touched his genitals at least once in the early uh, 1960s at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Guernsey. The man was 17 at the time. Authorities said they later learned that Jablonowski regularly took the man to the church basement, asking them to strip before they were gagged, blindfolded, and hung upside down. For the... Oh, this is great! He regularly took men to the church basement, asking them to strip before they were gagged, blindfolded, and hung upside down from the ceiling. Laird said his client couldn't talk about the ritual, setting an oath of confidentiality concerning prayer and confession. Oh, that's oh, yeah. always a good excuse. Sure. 
Jablonowski was priest in Wyoming for about 10 years. We're certainly praying for anyone who was a victim of Father Jablonowski. We certainly are praying for him, said the Monsignor Gerald Calvini. Some uh, greaseball. Let's see. Untitled, can you put Elian Gonzalez on your poll? His period of fame was the summer of 2000, says Mike Plantation. Sure, if we can put more Howard David on there, why not Elian Gonzalez? Right, right? Even though. He was pretty important. Yes? I'm the baby Jesus. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> Chinese closed to flood stores as quotas lapse. Aren't you excited? No. Howard Lee is pumping $5 million into a factory in China that produces a variety of designer label clothing sold in U.S. department stores. The investment should allow factory output now about 2 to 3 million garments annually to triple by next year. A lot of cheap chink clothing. The quota-free competition. I can't wait for them to start making clothing out of the skin of civet cats. Already. The quota-free competition will be huge. Prices will be down 10 to 15 percent or more. The consumer will get the lowest price on merchandise as some more of that cheap chink stuff comes uh, flooding into America. Yay. There you go. Now, well, let's take a couple more for the because I got some uh, stuff here, some bedtime stories. A lot of them. Not that I want to do that, you understand? Of course. Because I don't want to get Miguel all bent out of shape. He's probably hovering around listening somewhere in the back. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T's Verizon wireless line. The most important person in the world in the twentieth century was Thomas Edison twenty six, Albert Einstein twenty five, FDR twenty two, Adolf Hitler twenty, Weinstein Churchill fourteen, Bill V Gates has got twelve, Martin Luther King six, Mo Howard David at six. See, he's uh, doing well. Nice going, Mo. Absolutely. Charles Darwin, 5, JFK, 3, Sigmund Freud, 1. No votes yet for Lennon or Alien Gonzalez. Poor little Alienito just went on there out of 140. What? <laughs> Alienito. In fact, Alienito probably had the happy meal that that cantaloupe guy would have been eating today for lunch. That's what I'm thinking. But the cantaloupe guy, the C.E. Oh! McDonald's, he croaked. He was only 60 years old. Too many Big Macs. Too much of that green. In fact, I'm thinking to myself. That probably the one company in the world that's more responsible, other than Bayer, uh, <laughs> that's uh, ancient history, for more people no dying, at least in our lifetime, has got to be McDonald's, wouldn't you say? Sure. Maybe he I had a big Mac even close second. Yeah, the Big Mac attack. They put it in the vocabulary. WQAM, hello. Neil, good morning. How are you? Pretty good. Great. Um, before I give you my nominee, I just wanted to say that the um, the person who, uh, who you, whose name you're trying to remember about the Internet is uh, Tim Berners-Lee. Uh, Tim what? Tim Berners-Lee. Berners-Lee. Yeah. He's the guy who, who working is at he the... Is he Tim Kathy Lee? Uh, uh, Gifford, exactly. Okay. Uh, no, but he's the guy who was working at the University of Illinois, and, and they really created the, the hyperlinking, the breakthrough that, you know, that made the world... We've got a fax on the same thing. Okay, we just got a fax confirming your uh, report. Hey, there we go. Okay. Hey, my nomination is John D. Rockefeller because of his, his influence in the oil business. Uh, uh, he really, you know, uh, 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 the monopoly that he set up with the Standard Oil, I think, really set the stage for a lot of the geopolitics in the, in the 20th century. In fact, I think I see him on a street corner handing out dimes right now. Exactly. I want Thanks, one. Thanks, pal. Okay. Bye. Have a great day. Okay, Tim Berners-Lee, we better put him on there. Berners-L-E-E, got yeah. it? Kathy Lee's kin, and uh, John D. Rockefeller. See, we'll get this thing off the ground, and I guarantee you, even our old humble way on this uh, marginal show, we'll still get a better list than Time Magazine, which is worldwide. Charles Aznavour, my ass, you know? Just How another no-talent frog, and pardon me for the kind of like Denise Potvin. talking hardball on 560 WQAM. Call me, homie. Right here at 567-H-O-Ho. 
Oh, five, six. Uh, call me, homie. Let's be talking to Steve in Miami. Steve, you're with me. Warren Kamani. Well, Crow, what do the Marlins have to do to win the World Series this year? Oh, that's an easy one, Steve. They got to swing the bat, hit the bow, pitch the strike. Remember, the game of baseball is 50% hitting. Mm, that's almost half. 50% fielding, 50% pitching, and 25% managing. But, Crow, that's 175%. What? Don't you be questioning me. Would you be ignorant? Be what? Ignorant. Ignorant, I said. You be ignorant. Well, no, I'm not ignorant. Boy, I play professional baseball in a third world country against men half my size. Did you? Well, actually, I... Not even that. I played it. In... Are you gonna... Call me, homie. I'm the Crow, out at Gate G, Elemental P. 1118 at 560, I just got a great inspiration. Okay. I'm so excited I could, like, pee in my pants. Can we still say that? No. I could, like, uh, in my pants. You want to know what it is? It's about tomorrow's pool. Yeah, See, I'm going to separate it, but only into two categories, because obviously uh, we're not going to put entertainers on this list today. You'd have to be some kind of a... Moron. Although Mo Howard David that we put on there is not right. in any other category, but is he entertaining? No. So he qualifies for today because he's not an entertainer. See what I'm saying? I get it. Right. But tomorrow we'll ask the most important entertainer of the 20th century was. Okay. See? Because I think they'll have more fun with that one. Because this has got to be a little bit more cerebral, if you pardon my... <laughs> a little more cerebral, right. Right. Speaking of cerebral, let's talk about our president, who we all know is a moron. At last week's rare... This is uh, Matt Bivens and the, the Nation, his daily outrage. At last week's rare press conference, George W. Bush argued that a bonus of his Iraqi invasion was that it frightened Libya into giving up weapons of mass destruction. Take Libya, for example. Libya was a nation that had, we viewed as a terrorist, a nation that sponsored terror, a nation that was dangerous because of weapons, he said, and Colonel Gaddafi made the decision, and rightly so, to dispose and disarm for the good of the world. By the way, they found, I think, 50 tons of mustard gas, I believe it was, in a turkey farm, only because he was willing to disclose where the mustard gas was, but that made the world safer. Later, asked to muse upon mistakes he'd made and lessons he'd learned from them, the president was famously stumped. He couldn't think of a single mistake. He joked forlornly that he wished he'd have that question in writing beforehand so I could plan for it, and then he meandered into those chimerical Iraqi weapons of mass destruction. See, I happen to believe that we'll find out the truth on weapons, he said. I look forward to hearing the truth exactly where they are. They could still be there. They could be hidden like the 50 tons of mustard gas in a turkey farm. So Saddam's weapons are like those 50 tons of mustard gas on Libyan turkey farm. Makes sense, since there weren't 50 tons of mustard gas on Libyan turkey farm. Al Kamen, who writes in the Loop column for the Washington Post, reports the president found a way to make not one, not two, but three factual errors in a single 15-word sentence, which must be something of a world ra- indoor record. Kamen cited a Reuters story that notes that 26 tons of mustard gas, not 50, were unveiled by Libya at various locations, none of which was a turkey farm. A turkey farm was a storage site for unfilled chemical munitions. Other than that, came in writes, the sentence was spot on. President Bush says, I look forward to hearing the truth exactly where they are, but he should be careful what he wishes for. Three uh, mistakes in a 15-word sentence. Not bad. That's nothing for him. He because he's a moron. Right. Saudi envoy promised Bush a drop in oil prices ahead of the election. Saudi, I've got to go out and buy the book today. I, I, am I the only one? I mean, obviously, these are making it to the top of the bestseller list. All these books, the Dick Clark book, the Paul O'Neill yeah, book, now the uh, Bob Woodward book. But how many, what percentage of people, I mean, how many people in this whole audience are going to read any book? About 30, man. That's not percentage. That's total people. Right. 
Saudi Arabia's ambassador to the U.S. has promised President George W. Bush the Saudis will reduce oil prices before this November's election to help the U.S. economy, according to Bob Woodward. Oil prices are high. They could down, go down very quickly, Woodward said on 60 Minutes last night. That's the Saudi pledge, he said. Certainly over the summer, or as we get closer to the election, they could increase production several million barrels a day, and the price would drop significantly. In his book titled Plan of Attack, Woodward also says that the ambassador, Prince Bandar bin Sultan, that's Prince of Bandar Bush to you, was given advance information about plans to invade Iraq by Vice President Dick Cheney and Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld. The Saudis trimmed their output by a million barrels a day in the first quarter, according to Bloomberg data. Crude oil has risen 15%. The record gasoline prices may blunt the economic benefits of President Bush's tax cuts and become an issue in a presidential election. Bandar alerted the attacks on Jan- the attack plans on January 11, 2003, two days before U.S. Secretary of State Colin Powell was told of the decision, according to Woodward. In a meeting on January 11th with Cheney Rumsfeld and General Richard Myers, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Bandar was shown a map laying out specific plans for attacking Iraq, Woodward writes in a book. The map was marked top secret, no foreign, meaning the classified material wasn't to be shown to non-U.S. officials, according to Woodward. At the meeting, Bandar asked for assurances that Iraq dictator Saddam Hussein wouldn't survive the war as he did the 91 Persian Gulf War led by Bush's father. Cheney responded, Prince Bandar, once we start, Saddam is toast. Bandar said he would take the message to the Saudi leadership if he got the same information he just received directly from Bush. On January 13th, Bandar was called to meet with Bush, who said, Their message is my message, said Woodward. Powell was told of Bush's decision the same day. Two days later... OPEC on March 31st agreed to reduce its production quotas to keep prices from dropping. Before the March 31st meeting in Vienna, at which OPEC announced it was cutting its quotas, Saudi Arabia's oil minister, Ali al-Naimi, said that the kingdom was already implementing its share of oil production cuts for April. But just before the election, like maybe uh, that false surprise, maybe those prices will start plummeting. Although now that that it's out of the bag, why even bother, right? Right. When it can squeeze, when it can rape the public for even more. See, they were wrong. The prices didn't drop at all. There you go. Well, let's see. Here's some, uh, what is this? Cockney song slings for unusable words. I see. Well, isn't that cute? That's pretty weak. And our friend Mike, who obviously was uh, doing some heavy-duty crap over the weekend, the most important person of the century, Dan Marino. We'll do one on sports. Don't put him on there now, Josh. I know you get carried away. And he also says, can you please play Buffalo Bill? Is this guy, uh, I mean... What uh, is a Buffalo Bill? Yeah, good question. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to Buffalo Bill. Just calm down, Mike. Maureen Dowd writes, I don't want to do too much reading here, okay? It's like those old nasty days, those seven months that you liked and nobody else did. But I got some heavy-duty crap here. I'll get to it eventually. I'll get to Kevin Spacey getting mugged in London. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T line. The most important person of the 20th century, non-entertainers, non-sports. Okay? Okay. I mean, we don't really need to put that on there, but uh, Thomas Edison, 40, Albert Einstein, 37, FDR, 31. Did we put Edwin Teller on there? I don't see Edward Teller. Do you? No. Didn't put it on there, did we, John? I'll get him on there. Who? Edward Teller. If you see Edward Teller that uh, Mom's looking for, FDR, 31, Adolf Hitler, 24, Bill Gates, 18, Mo Howard David, at 16, moving up nicely. Nice going, Mo! Absolutely. Winston Churchill, 16. Chuck Darwin, 10. Those who know him best called him Chuck. Martin Luther King, 7. In fact, he makes the born-again Christians like to up Chuck. 
Alien Gonzalez 3, Sigmund Freud 1, none yet for Vladimir Lenin, John D. Rockefeller, or Tim Berners-Lee. Now, the reason Tim Berners-Lee ain't going to get no votes is because nobody knows that. I wouldn't know who it was. No. Do you don't. think we need to put in parentheses, invented the Internet? You I don't want to get, like, uh, you know, can you do that, Josh? No. No, but I can tell Eric to. You can tell Eric to? Is that what I just heard you say? That's what he said. You can re- put in a request. That's right. right. Respectfully request that. You can respectfully modify. correct uh, request that Eric uh, modify just somewhat slightly and put inventor of the internet. I can do that so that somebody might know who the hell that is. Yes. I- I'm serious. I mean, we take it for granted because uh, we're living in this era. But boy, oh boy, what, how the hell would we do anything without the internet? And, exactly. th- and those of you people out there too lazy. I mean, if you can't afford a computer, I understand that. Okay, go steal one. I don't. Don't want. They're so cheap anymore, the uh, old ones. Which there are some the people, web. I hate to break the news to you, there's some people out there who can barely afford the radio that listen to us right now, okay? No, I, I know. Mr. Hotshot, with all the big bucks you're making? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. At my poorest, I could afford a used uh, computer. Well, they don't want to use one. They want a nice brand new compact for stereo with a nice uh, flat screen Sony monitor. But at any rate... No, but seriously, the people who are like just old fuddy-duddies who don't want to learn to use a computer, those people make me uh, gag. Because it changes your life. I mean, it's, it, it, how can we even do this show anymore without that? Do you realize how, what an important part it's uh, taking over the show? Thank the Lord. Anyway, 27 after 11 at 560 WQM. Spring of the savings right now and save like never before. We're talking a um, load of cash on a great new car or truck from Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. They're on US-1, just 20 minutes south of the 836. Armstrong Toyota Homestead is worth the drive because they're going to save you so much cash. We're literally talking thousands of dollars in savings. Check out the great leases waiting for you right now. An 04 Camry or 4Runner, just 269 a month for 48 months. How about an 04 Highlander, just 309 a month? Need a truck? How about an 04 Toyota Tundra, the safest truck in America? Just 179 a month for 48 months. And these are just some of the great savings waiting right now at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. General Manager David Rich and his staff will do just about anything to make sure you get a deal and get you into a new Toyota today. So experience the Armstrong Toyota of Homestead difference. They're locally owned and operated, and they're committed to 100% customer satisfaction. They'll do just about anything under the sun to make you a happy camper. Their service department is open late to late weeknights to make sure your service work is done, and it's easy to find them because they're right at the corner of US-1 and 293rd in prestigious Homestead, 20 minutes south of the 836. And wait till you hear this. Armstrong Toyota of Homestead offers you free tires, batteries, and replacement parts for life. That is correct. Tires, batteries, and free parts for life. Nobody nowhere does that. So don't waste your time at those mega dealers or car giants who give you the big song to dance, give you the big tout, and then let you down. Call David Rich, the GM at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. Call him today. He'll make you a deal at Lexa, which you've never seen before. Call 305-242-3247. 305-242-3247. Drive a little and save a ton on that great new Toyota today at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. America loves to watch boobs and butts and boinking. I got sunshine on a cloudy day. Every week on AI, that's all red-headed guy named John Stevens. My name is John Stevens. Makes every 
Charles Davis. Every note that comes out his throat ain't the note they wrote. Why the hell is he still there? I'm a crooner. Every song seems an hour long. Every tune is wrong. He's so bad, it's a nightmare. He's so pale, pasty white, he's transparent at night, that John Stevens. He can't sing, he can't dance, there's no freaking way he should advance. But then week after week, there's that carry top geek still singing. Forgetting could take years Cause my poor bleeding ears are still ringing I don't want to say I told you so But you know that cantaloupe guy who died this morning The CEO oh. of McDonald's Yeah They did a real quick autopsy And guess what they found inside of his heart A big man Grease Oh From French fries Not from those juicy burgers man Fries French fries will kill you just ask the ducks. They're dying over there. Are they? I'm, I'm, I will bet, I'll bet you Josh's life on them right now. If you keep eating French fries, you're going to die. Okay, I'll stop now. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. And I got the poll for Wednesday, too. The most important athlete of the 20th century was. Isn't this great? What day is this going to be? That one? Wednesday. Okay. Why? No, no, no reason. Oh, oh, I see. That's the day you're going to be calling in sick. Shame on you, mister. Oh, do you a piece of cake. You can bring in a good book. Get the uh, Bob Woodward book. You can read it while I show it on here, and then Josh and I can, like, referee to your choices. I'll bring a pillow. There you go. The most important person of the 20th century is Thomas Edison, 49. Didn't he invent uh, the radio? No. Well, I mean, how about Guglielmo Marconi? That was the uh, 19th century, well, right? I'm not, I'm not sure. Marconi? Right. Oh, sure. Are you kidding me? Better look it up there. Look up Marconi. You know, if we, if we ask Josh to look up Marconi, he'll look up Macaroni. He'll look up Marconi. He'll come back with uh, Robert Kraft. Well, it's just like it sounds. Uh, Thomas Edison, 49. Einstein, 47. FDR, 34. Adolf Hitler, 26. Mo Howard David is right now near Hitler. I see a, a corollary there. Absolutely. 22. Bill Gates, 21. Weinstein Churchill, 18. Charles Darwin, 12. Martin Luther King, 9. JFK, 6. Elian Gonzalez, poor little Elianito, had 5. Uh, Tim, what is it? Berners-Lee, I can't even read that damn thing. Inventor of the Internet, 3. Vladimir Lenin's got 1. Sigmund Freud's got 1. Edward Teller's got 1. And John D. Rockefeller don't have any. Out of 255 votes. Ben Franklin is on your list, Cindy. Hey, Cindy, I hate to break the news to you. I don't think Ben, I mean, some of them uh, bills may have been around. What's he on, a $100 bill? Oh, I'm asking no. you. No, he's not. Hamilton is on the $100 bill. No, Hamilton's on the $20 bill. Wait. Uh, da -da -da -da. Ben's on the $100 bill, you're right. Uh, see, I think I may, may have had a few more of those. I don't want to sound like Maybe. Mr. Big Shot. Alexander Hamilton's on the $20 bill. Abe Lincoln Cohen, our first Jewish president's on the $5 bill. George Washington's on the dollar bill. Well, I know Who's on the $50 bill? <clears throat> Good I question. Know. I've had a few of those. I never I've paid no attention. U.S. Grant. I don't know. No, Alexander Hamilton's on the 20 right. I don't know. How about Raymond Burr? Or Aaron Burr? Didn't Raymond Burr shoot Alexander Hamilton? Yes. 
House of Broken Toys, writes Maureen Dowd. When Col- oh, this is so good. When Colin Powell decided that Dick Cheney's crazy fever, as he called the vice president's obsession with linking 9-11 and Sodom, was leading the country into a war and didn't need to fight, he should have bared his heart to the president and made his case using the Powell doctrine with overwhelming force. Mr. Bush probably wouldn't have listened. He was in Mr. Cheney's gloomy sway and Rummy's bellicose sway, and W. felt competitive with his more popular top diplomat. But Mr. Powell should have tried. And if the president didn't listen, the secretary should have quit, not let himself be used by the vice president and his Gestapo office of Pentagon neocons, as Mr. Powell referred to them, to put a diplomatic fig leaf on a predetermined war plan and to present bogus intelligence to the U.N. He knew his word held enormous weight around the world, and he knew he was the only one out of all the officials in on the clandestine rush to war who had fought in a war. He should have spoken up for all those soldiers who would fight and die and be maimed for Dick Cheney's nutty utopian dream of bombing the world into freedom and W's dream of being so forceful with Sodom, the slimebag who survived his father's war, that he would forever banish his family's bait noir, the wimp factor. It would have been much more honorable than playing Achilles sulking in his foggy bottom tent, privately pouting to Bob Woodward that he had warned the president about the pottery barn effect, break your rack and you know what you're going to be owning this place, and tattling that his colleagues were engaged in lunacy. At times with his closest friends, Powell was semi-despondent, his pal Mr. Woodward writes, in plan of attack, his president and his country were headed for a war that he thought might just be avoided, though he himself would not walk away. You're supposed to play Just Walk Away. Just Walk Away. Thank you. Mr. Woodward, who is clearly channeling Mr. Powell, as he has done to uh, uh, present Mr. Powell's side of the story in past books, recreates his innermost thoughts. He saw in Cheney a sad transformation. The cool operator from the first Gulf War just would not let go. Cheney now had an unhealthy fixation. Nearly every conversation of reference came back to Al-Qaeda and tried to nail a connection with Iraq. He would often have an obscure piece of intelligence. Powell thought that Cheney took intelligence and converted uncertainty and ambiguity into fact. It was about the worst charge that Powell could make about the vice president, but there it was. Everyone in Washington has been puzzling over how Mr. Cheney, a reasonable, cautious, popular man in the first Bush administration, turned into Pluto, king of the underworld and proponent of worst-case scenarios and preemption. But Mr. Powell shared his dread, Cassandra-like, with Mr. Woodward. The more Powell dug, the more he realized that the human sources were few and far between on Iraq's WMD. It was not a pretty picture. George Tennant comes across in the book as another profile in cravenness. On December 21, 2002, the CIA chief went to the Oval Office with an aide to, the, to present the case on WMD. Even Mr. Bush, already deeply enmeshed in war plans, was taken aback at the paucity of it. Nice try, Mr. Bush said. I don't think this is quite... It's not something that Joe Public would understand and would gain a lot of confidence from. Turning to Mr. Tennant, he added, I've been told all this intelligence about having WMD, and this is the best we've got. When the president asked how confident he was, Mr. Tennant, premier Apple publisher, gave Mr. Bush the answer he wanted to hear. Don't worry, it's a slam dunk. Just as the Democratic president ducked behind the parsed line, I didn't have sexual relations with that woman, so the Republican president ducked behind the parsed line. I have no war plans on my desk. The plans for invading the House of Broken Toys, as the CIA referred to Iraq, may not have been sitting on his desk, but he secretly started planning with Rummy for in Iraq in November 2001, and with Tommy Franks starting the next month. Once they were thick into the planning, the president couldn't turn back, of course. That would make him like the low of the Bill Clinton, a lot of bold talk and not much action, not like the man, as Mr. Cheney called his warrior president. That's Maureen Dowd's column to these New York Times. Nice going, you go, girl. So even though I didn't see the thing last night, the piece last night, it's it's just all over the place. And he'll be on Larry King uh-huh. tonight, nine yeah. o'clock uh-huh. Eastern Time. Uh-huh. You can watch it for me. I beg your pardon. You won't watch Larry King? No, I will not. Why is that? Just because he's a suspended uh, piece of crap? 
because of just pretend he's he not there. In fact, I got a great idea I for you. Take, take, listen to me. Take a piece of like uh, heavy uh, duty uh, cardboard. No, no, his voice. Tape it over the left side yeah. of the uh, huh? If they could get like a V chip that would screen everything about him out of there. What are you trying to say? I hate him. <laughs> I know how to do a talk show. Yeah, well there yeah. you go. Just, just uh, quit well, being such a hard ass. No. Okay, this is such a uh, no ant hole. No. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T line. Nineteen before eleven. Mad Dog at two. The Hebrew Hammer at four this afternoon. Hit that thing. Live and local. This is Sports Radio five sixty. And they don't come any better than Neil Rogers. Well, good morning. This is former vice president and former presidential candidate Al Gore. I'm here to quash the rumors. I am alive. I used to be the man who was in control. I used to be the man who was on a roll. Now I just sit home in my undies and socks, looking for that key to my damn lockbox. Oh, Dick Cheney, you think you're special? Oh, Dick Cheney, you think you're something out. So you're Mr. Popular VP? That don't impress me much. You're at least as fat as I am, and you're balling. Now, don't get me wrong, Dick, I think you're all right. But how many times does your heart beat at night? About 30, man. Don't impress me much. Snap. Scary. Now, on to your boss. Who's a real big man? He should write thank you notes to Afghanistan. There's only two types of things from Texas, you know. His dad's been cart riding. He's little Joe. Oh, George Bush, you think you're special? Oh, George Bush, you think you're something else? So you're Mr. Popular President, huh? That don't impress me much. I want to be hurtful, I can be so. Your ears are bigger than Ross Perot. Now don't get me wrong, George, I think you're all right. But how many beers do your girls drink at night? You don't impress me much. Don't listen, there's a real president. A real man. And what about me? Look at me. I am a pillar of perfection. Well, I must admit, a tad on the fleshy side. Maybe I should hit the gym. No, I'm beautiful. 13 till noon at 5.60. Now, somebody faxes and says for our pool today, Osama bin Laden, well, sorry. It says, because since 9-11, life in the 20th century as we used to know it changed dramatically. Uh, is this the 20th century? Bit of a reach. It says, life in the 20th century, as we used to know it, changed dramatically. Is this the 20th century? Am I dreaming? I beg your pardon? In other words, they're trying to say things aren't as they were. No. No kidding. No. Nothing is. No, that's not what they're trying to say. They're just uh, got their dates wrong. They just don't get it. Last time I checked, 9-11 was in 2001. That was in the 21st century. Am I correct? Am I absolutely Absolutely correct? correct, Thank you. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Oh, guess what? John Kerry is in Lake Worth with Julie Lieberman. You seen him? 
No. Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, that's a very good question. Well, I guess he figures there's a bunch of old Yenthers up there in Lake Worth. Boy! And that's a, I just hope he doesn't start making the tour of the delis like Wes Clark did. Look what it did for him. Man, oh, man. From the deli den to obscurity in just a few short months. WQAM, hello. Hello, good morning, Neil. Yes, sir. Yes, I just wanted to uh, point out that uh, unless I missed part of the show, and you had already talked about it, Charles Darwin is from the 19th century. That's what I asked, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. It was about the 1850s or something. The ship was the HMS Beagle. I'll be damned. Okay, thanks, Pally. You bet. Charles Darwin is from the the 19th century. So who the hell are we to talk about this guy with Osama? What? I said probably, but we can check. Better get him off of there. Now, what was the other one we were asking about what uh, century? There was somebody. Ben Franklin. Oh, Vicky, Vicky, stick to uh, light and fluffy stuff, okay, Vicky? Please, I don't want to say you're a little bit of a bubblehead, but yes. a little bit, a nice bubblehead, but nevertheless. Got it. Five, six, seven, oh, five, six. You said Marconi, right? Oh, yeah. Mar- Marconi was the other one. Yeah, he's good. He's good to go. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? He's good. Well, he's 20th century. Guglielmo Marconi, Guglielmi, whatever his name was. Correct. He is in the 20th century. Well, how about that? If it weren't for Marconi, Darwin, who I think 19th century. He was what? 19th century. That's what the guy just said. You had to look it up, doubting one of our uh, erudite listeners. Says, What's wrong with you, man? Yeah, I'm doubting. Doubting the word of one of our, our really articulate, intelligent listeners, who's probably having the Woodward book read to him right now. WQM, hello. Um, WQM, hello. Yeah, hi. Yes, sir. Can you add James Otis Elevator to the poll? Can we add who? Otis Elevator, James Otis. James Otis? Yeah, the elevator guy. This must be the guy that was fixing our elevator on Friday. (laughs) Yeah, you're not fooling me. James Otis, the inventor of the elevator. The most important person of the 20th century is the guy who invented the elevator. Sure as hell not the one in our building. Yeah, we hate that guy here. Do you you know that the guy was there when I was leaving on Friday? You didn't see the guy, huh? No, of course not. The elevator True story. And he was arguing with somebody. I forget who else was on the elevator that was bitterly complaining about what a piece of crap it was. Oh, this is a lot better than most of the ones I see. This is just a fine elevator. It's fine. You know, he kept saying, oh, we're fine. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you ought to be fined by the FCC just for being such an anthole. I want a list of those places where the elevators are worse to know to stay out of there. And what does this say? Corporate time-stealing weasel. Now, what is this all about? Quit using Mad Dog's lines. They interviewed some uh, residents of East St. Louis about a number of topics, including politics on NPR Friday afternoon. When asked about the presidency, one guy said, we got to get Bush out. I'd vote for the devil over Bush. So there you go. Who would you vote for, the devil or W? Well, what, what does this mean? Do you have any idea what this means? No. Wow. But it killed some good time and wasted another oh, no. sheet of paper. And you faxed it to me, which makes it even more perplexing to me. 56704, oh, I can figure it out, huh? Yeah. Being the genius that I am. How come the poll is down? Huh? Well, what just happened with Eric? Why, are we changing the pool? Took Darwin what? off of there. Oh, is that why you had to take the uh, pool? No, Darwin's still on mine. Is it refreshing? Edit his mile. Oh. I still see Charles Darwin on mine. Maybe just a moment. There you go. Edison, 62. Albert Einstein, 56. I loved it when he had his tongue stuck out at the world. It was cute. FDR, 39. Hitler, 29. Mo Howard David at 26. Absolutely. And why did Mo Howard David give it? get it? Because he gives us something that none of the others did. All the crap you... Yeah. Bill Gates, 23. Winston Churchill, 20. Tim Bremers-Lee, the inventor of the World Wide Web, 12. 
Wouldn't it have been easier if we just said the Internet? I, I beg your pardon. It's a, there's a difference. There's apparently. a difference. Okay. Excuse me. I mean, for me to question Eric on his terminology, there would be really way out of line on my part. Right. Martin Luther King, 11. JFK, 7. Elianito. Elian Gonzalez, 6. Edward Teller, 2. Simon Freud, 1. Vladimir Lenin, 1. And John D. Rockefeller, 9. Oh, it was Freud that I was asking about, not Darwin. How the hell did we put Darwin on there? Huh? We were just, monk, just monkeying around. Well, because we didn't have 20th century in the beginning when we started. Sure we did. We did? <laughs> we changed it like oh, three times. Man. And here started. I thought I was a little bit uh, confused today, huh? I got the original somewhere around here. They must have really passed that good stuff around over the weekend. WQAM, hello. Uncle Neil God. Yes, sir. Question for you. Go right ahead. Even though I'm not a Republican, Nixon changed the presidency forever. He made that we no longer viewed our presidents as being, you know, untouchable and fantastic. But yeah. even though he turned out to be, you know, what he was. A crook, yeah. Exactly. His value as a president, as far as the future of the presidency, is fairly important. Okay, well, we can put him on there if it'll make you feel better. Yeah, it'll make me feel a little better. I got one question for prognostication for you. Yes. What's going to happen to Broward Paramutuals once the Indians open that monstrosity? Well, what makes you think that uh, they're going to let them uh, run that thing? I keep hearing that they're going to open it up and they're going to be, uh, they're, they're taking on the state. They're going to put in a full casino, slots, the whole deal. What makes you think that the state, and especially in that state, that they're going to let them uh, do it? I honestly believe that if, if you look at the same property that they opened in Tampa, the yeah. Indians have been playing it real smart. They've been opening just what the paramutuals have yeah. and, because they, don't want to, they really don't want to take on Bush because, as we all know, Bush running the state is a Nazi. Right. And, and he's not going, you know, he'll let it go as far as the LTs and the machines, while at the same time he's crippling, you know, the paramutual facilities have been paying taxes since the mm -hmm. 30s. Well, maybe, just maybe if they uh, do open it and they, they win a challenge against the state, maybe that'll force the state's hand to let the paramutuals have uh, uh, slot machines. I mirror mouth to God's ears. Oh, yeah. I, in fact, that, uh, Saturday I signed, what the hell day was it? Friday night I signed a petition at Pompano Park for the slots. Uh, we got the same thing going on down at the facility that I currently work at at Dade County. But it's a right. scary thing. It's a very scary thing what's going yes, on. Yes, it is. Because one thing that we know for a fact is that the governor of the state has no idea how many video lottery terminals already exist in the state of Florida with all the Elsacockers pouring the dollars in one after the next. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he doesn't know it and that he's paralyzing other facilities, not that we want to, you know, you know, take a fortune of money from everybody, but people are going to gamble regardless of where it is. And if they want to gamble, let them gamble. Amen. Amen. Good luck, Pally. Hang in there. Enjoy the bobbleheads. God bless you. Okay. Bye. Name for today's pool. Somebody says Margaret Sanger died in 1966, the founder of Planned Parenthood. All right. And then it says nobody answers the phone. The phone rings forever. That's because we do a screenless on this show. They're a little bit confused. You got Margaret, Margaret Sanger? We do now. Good. What have I got here? She was a goer, by the way. I beg your pardon? Right, there's a reason she invented Planned Parenthood. She was a goer and a, a mover and a shaker is what you're trying right. to say. She was moving it and shaking it, to which we say. All right. Let's go, you go, girl. Kind of like Janet Reno, only she's shaking something else. Four minutes till noon at 560 WQM. Have you been putting off that home improvement dream because you're afraid of a home improvement nightmare instead? Well, here's a way to have sweet dreams, because Design Concept Builders is the answer you've been looking for. Design Concept Builders has been one of the top home remodelers in South Florida since 1983 because of their 100% customer satisfaction with their no-excuses policy. 
They refuse to have an unhappy customer. They offer quality work at a fair price and design concept builders an exclusive five-year labor warranty, too. Why take the risk of a nightmare when you're doing something to the house, a new addition, kitchen, bathroom, windows, any other project? Call Design Concept Builders, who guarantee you that they're going to do it and do it right. Call 954-718-6766 or find them on that World Wide Web at designconceptbuilders.com. Financing is available with no payments for six months with approved credit, too. It can also get you a 10% discount on all your remodeling through the end of the month of April with Design Concept Builders. So, like I said, check them on the web if you like it, designconceptbuilders.com, and then make that call, 954-718-6766. Era, it be the 12 to 1 hour on WQAM. This is Debbie. Yeah, hi, Debbie. I'm interested in getting some operations done. Okay. And some body contouring and some liposuction. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you get some tummy tuck and uh, lip augmentation, cosmetic breast surgery, face lip, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering... What would you like to start with? Well, I, I need to get everything done. Probably the first thing I'd like to have removed is my uh, my thing. Okay, we don't do that. No. Could you do breast implants, though? Uh, it can be done, but mm. I don't know what they would do it right away. It puts the lotion in the basket. Mm-hmm. How much? Uh, 5000 Excellent. I'd like to have my skin resurfaced, too. Mm-hmm. Laser surgery. Mm-hmm. Have the lambs stopped crying yet, Mommy? Excuse me? Don't hurt Mommy's little baby. It puts the lotion in the basket. I'd like to get the liposuction that I saw on TV. Okay. Can you make me look more like a woman? Well, we'll have to see you first, and then yeah. upon looking at you, we can tell you that when we see you. Should I wear my skin suit made of body parts, Mommy? Uh, if you'd like to. It puts the lotion in the basket. Would you like to make an appointment? Yes. Okay. Um, there is a $100 consultation fee. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Um. My name is Buffalo Bill. Okay, let me get a little Mommy. information from you, okay? Just Mommy. One moment. It right? puts the lotion in the basket. I understand. It puts the lotion in the basket. Do you want to come in for a consultation for it life? puts the lotion in the basket. Okay. Do you, would you like to make an appointment or do you want to call me back? It or? puts the lotion in the basket. I understand. I've got my skin suit nipple necklace. Bill. It puts the lotion in the basket. I understand that. Would you like to It make puts a- the lotion in the basket. Would you like to make an appointment? It puts the lotion in the basket. Okay, I will talk to you in the time, okay? It puts the lotion in the basket. Hello? Come over to a 560 WQAM. Maybe they'll come Mike down a little bit, you think? <laughs> Woodward shares war secrets. This is on CBSNews.com. We've got it on our website. It's way, way too long for me to read here on the air because that would be really ponderous. And it would be like back in the day, you know? Hit the highlights. When I was... Re- I, I can't do that. It's Because it's, uh, once you get into one part about how General Tommy Franks is a liar... Yeah. And about um, how George Tennant is full of crap. And about how Cheney and Colin Powell aren't talking to each other at all. There's there's like a gigantic iceberg between the two of them, and they have, like, no relationship at all. No more. But it's on a website. I'll, I'll put it on the uh, side here, okay? And maybe a little later on, but I doubt it. It's just too long. You can read it in its entirety on our website, on com, or you can watch uh, Bob Woodward on What's-His-Name tonight. Uh-huh. The one we don't want to mention, your good friend. Mm-hmm. The suspended uh, hunchback. But 
Six years before the 9-11 attacks, the CIA warned in a classified report that Islamic extremists likely would strike on U.S. soil at landmarks in Washington or New York or through the airline industry, according to intelligence officials. Six years before, though hauntingly prescient, the CIA's 1995 National Intelligence Estimate did not yet name Osama bin Laden as a terrorist threat, but within months... The intelligence agency developed enough concern about the wealthy Saudi-born militant to create a specific unit to track him and his followers. And in 1997, the CIA updated its intelligence estimate to ensure bin Laden appeared on its very first page as an emerging threat, cautioning that his growing movement might translate into attacks on U.S. soil. The official said divulging new details about the CIA's 1990s response to the terrorist threat. So I think it's really great that we're in business with the Saudis, that the Bush and the Saudi connection continues being suspect at best and terrifying at worst. And that great? Yeah. And Prince Bondar knew about the Iraq plans two days before Roland Colin Powell. Oh, here's this guy who's getting militant now. Why didn't you add, as an earlier caller suggested, Bill Wilson, founder of Alcoholics Anonymous? Okay. Oh, what is wrong with these people? I mean, we'll put it on there, but, I mean, he's the most important person of the 20th century. Well, you know those dry drunks. They're all, you know, emotional. No, no, seriously. I mean, even the guy when he called was like, uh, if it wouldn't have been for the 12 steps. The 12 steps is for a bunch of emotional cripples, okay? Amen, brother. No, no, seriously. All serious. this Jesus crap and all uh, this other baloney. Admit your powerlessness, that uh, you right. can't do anything without God. The 12 steps, which uh, help you continue through the rest of your life until your dying day as an emotional cripple. Or you can just on turtle ice cream. Oh, that's something different. Yeah. You need 12 steps. Yeah, I need one step. A step away from the uh, <laughs> food. Just one big, gigantic step. <laughs> step away from the kitchen. A step away from those restaurants. That's just one step at a time. <laughs> I'm losing my weight one step at a time. Boy. So put Bill Wilson on here, okay? How about Jay yeah. Frank Wilson? It was the last kiss. Right. Bill Wilson. You got it? How about Big yeah. Wilson? Sure. For crying big, out loud. Oh, that's tomorrow's poll. Big entertainer. Oh, that's right. Big entertainer. Can't get too much bigger than Hello Big. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. The most important person of the 20th century. We're talking now non-athletes, non-entertainer types, except for my good friend Mo. Absolutely. Howard David. Thomas Edison, 73. Albert Einstein, 64. FDR, 44. How come Roosevelt ain't doing better than that? He brought us out of the Depression. He won on, on two fronts. The WW2 what? Nobody remembers that. Oh, they remember Thomas Edison, though? Yeah, light bulb. They liked when those. he had that horn to his ear, and he was his wife kept saying, Say hello, hello, hello. Uh, he had a little hardening of the arteries problem. How old was he when he died? 90 or something? 150. No, no, seriously. How? Look it up. It was ancient. All right. 90, I think, which is, I think, old enough. FDR-44, Adolf Hitler had, uh... About 30, man! And again, how can he only have 31 votes? I mean, it's, uh... It's just unbelievable to me. Mo Howard David has got 29. He's right up there with Hitler, which most people in the building would agree with that. Bill Gates, 26. Winston Churchill, 25. Tim Berners-Lee is moving up rapidly, inventor of the World Wide Web. Well, slowly, 18. Martin Luther King, 13. That's because we have all white folks listening. Alien Gonzalez, 11. That's because that guy from the uh, airport's listening. What a what a anthole, you know. See, if we keep saying these often enough, it'll become it'll just slip out as opposed to having to stop and think of like what word do I say now? Right. You have to like re-educate. You have to like re uh, like go to school all over again. Where's my new vocabulary? Anthole. What's uh, Kerry talking about? Deal. That is outrageous and unacceptable to the American people. Absolutely correct, sir. Dana, what are they saying at the White House? 
Well, here's what they're saying. Well, well, we don't give a crap what they're saying at the White House. We just want to hear more John Kerry. And hope that uh, he, yeah, I don't know, he just, don't say it. Well, Howard David has got 30. Look at that. Bill Gates, 27 church. Didn't I already do these? Oh. Well, I got interrupted by seeing him. I thought it was uh, more of the live stuff. JFK, 8. Edward Teller, 2. Lennon's got one. Freud's got one. John D. Rockefeller, he don't even have one. And either did Dick Nixon or Bill Wilson, inventor. We even put inventor of AA. I think we probably should put founder of AA, not inventor. What? Do you invent an organization or do you found it? I know that uh, you heard that, that Josh didn't do that because Josh don't have the ability to do that. Not that I want to blame Eric because Eric's been on a real roll here lately, especially since I sent him that check. All right, Edison. But uh, if Josh had the ability. If I had the ability to do it, I'd take you out of here right now and kick your goddamn teeth in. Now, see, there's another one we can't play. Did you dump it? I did, too. We're all dumping it. Everybody I can't, I can't believe it. Everything I play in here, uh, there's something in it. We gotta uh, when it down. We gotta bleep it out. Poor Alex Bennett, even. Gee, that's uh, so dang dang uh, bad. Oh, speaking of Alex Bennett, yes, Thomas Edison was born in uh, 1847. I don't care when he was born. How old and was died he? Died in 1931, which sounds like 84, but uh, you can check that. He was born in when? 87, Four, 1847. 53 and what? Right. 31. 31. 84. Very good. So Tom Edison made it till 84, but those last few years he had a little bit of a hearing problem, a little uh, hardening of the arteries. Say, baby. Say, he needed Ernest Angley's what he needed with that nice uh, mop. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neely. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, Pally. Hey, you know, uh, there's a guy named Vince Cerf who was supposed to be the father of the Internet. Yeah. I think he made it the worldwide. He was the one that uh, was mostly responsible for getting it out there. How do you spell his last name? Vince Cerf, C-E-R-F. Like Vince Cerf. Okay, thanks a lot, man. Uh, Vince Cerf, you got it? In fact, that's why they call it surfing the web, isn't it? (laughs) Okay. Oh, come on now. You could surf the waves with the Jan and Dean, but of course one of them is dead. Which one died, Janberry? Yeah, it was Janberry. Dead. Dang it. I was going to say damn it, but I can't say that no more, can I? Boy, I tell you, I hope that the Beasleys and Viacom and everybody else has some success in battling off these lunatics at the FCC. These sense- and nice job at the Herald, by the way, Glenn Garvin. has done absolutely nothing. You know, since the early days when Stern got dropped by a cheap channel, since then he's done nothing except uh, send us a couple of stupid faxes or messages. Oh, uh, can I sit in on the show one day? I'm going to write a piece about this. Yeah. Write a piece about that. Why not write a piece on the Civil War while you're at it? Read something really timely, Glenn. What a rag that is. In fact, I bet you that, that uh, militant Cuban there at the airport on Saturday that I encountered, I bet you he reads the Herald. Or maybe somebody reads it to him. WQAM, hello. Not there. QAM, hello. Hey, Polly, how you doing? Okay. I got a suggestion for your poll. Here's the guy that's got it, I can already tell. Yes, sir. Uh, how about uh, Mr. Ford? Gerald T. Ford. No, not, not Gerald Ford. <laughs> Henry Ford. Oh, Henry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Gerald Henry Ford. Ford. He was the president. He was dumber than the Boxer Rocks. He was dumber than the guy we got now, if that's possible. Okay, thanks right. a lot, pal. Henry Ford, got it? Virulent anti-Semite, by the way. That's why George likes him. Henry Ford. I owned a Ford once. That. I owned a... Oh, just stop already. Will you just stop? Relax. Relax. You're starting to win me over on that whole... Well, you already did win me over on that thing over there. And by the way, nice going, Ariel Sharon. Not lunatic, maniac. And what are they all saying over there now? Oh, it's uh, Bush and the U.S. are behind this. That's right. 
And if that's the best control we got over Ariel Sharon with the millions and millions and millions and billions that were pouring up into his fat ass, then there's something really, really rotten in Denmark. And it ain't in Copenhagen either. Something really stinks bad. You just wait the next few days, boy. This Hamas, they're going to they're gonna come striking back. There's going to be all sorts of dead people, bloodshed and the grotesque crap. Yeah, and it's worth it there, too. Now, do you think we're having a few problems along the way with the roadmap? <laughs> oh, if I hear that term one more time, man. Roadmap. the road. Yeah. The hell are they talking about? I think somebody peed on his uh, matzah over Pesach, Ariel Sharon, and now he's taking it out on everybody else. Lunatic. Maniac. He don't want no settlement with the uh, Palestinians. He just wants more and more settlements. That's what he wants. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the eighteen. And I'm going to say the same thing I said on Friday. I'll say it again. The idea that anybody should have to die because of the uh, Israelis and the Palestinians, let them uh, kill each other, like Michael Moore said. All right. What does that got to do with the price of anything? They got no oil. They got nothing that we want. Who the hell needs them? If they want to continue their five thousand year old crap, well, uh, let them go ahead. Am I right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all agree. Region. We got our own problems over here. Right. Lunatics, maniacs, religious fanatics, man. And, of course, the main part of it is that the religious fanatics aren't the main part of the population among either group. And the main part of the population is saying, hey, cut the crap already. We'd like to stay alive. No. Can't do it. 1213 at 560 WQM. You've heard about the big demand and high pay potential for computer professionals. Have you wondered if this career is for you? Yes. Well, here's your chance. Fast Train is hosting a free one-hour seminar on computers and networking this Wednesday night at both the Miami and Fort Lauderdale campuses. You can learn free basic PC troubleshooting and network uh, networking. Let me say it again, absolutely free. Seating for this free computer seminar is limited, so pick up the phone and call Fast Train today, 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. All attendees to the free seminar will receive a diagnostic tool at no charge, so call now to reserve your spot, 866-FAST-TRAIN. And if you do decide that a new high-paying career is in your future, Fast Train can have you trained and ready for that new job in just four, count them, four short months. In other words, by the end of summer. So check out the seminar Wednesday night by calling and reserving your seat. Check them on the web if you like at FastTrain.com. But be sure to make that call for the seminar at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. And be sure and tell them that the useless Todd Dreck told you to call. <laughs> Your car. You love it. You need it. And you want to protect it. But how? You've tried the club. You've tried LoJack. You've even put your trust in the wimpy little alarm system that came with your car. But where did it get you? Now, the answer is here with the Palestinian Car Alarm. It's a sound that could wake the dead, and it sure as heck will wake the neighbors. The Palestinian Car Alarm works because it's not a mechanical device. It's a genuine Palestinian, and boy, is he alarmed. The Palestinian Car Alarm not only sounds a startling alarm, it also uses verbal messages to ward off would-be intruders. You are too close to vehicle. And if thieves persist, the Palestinian car alarm will make them pay the ultimate price. I won't let this car be stolen like my homeland. Time for you to die! Whether you park on Sunset Strip or the Gaza Strip, you need the Palestinian car alarm. Boy! 
1218 at 560 WQM. I'll tell you one thing. You know what we need just a, a couple of seconds of? <laughs> I'm so, we are so smitten oh, with that thing, man. It's just nice call, Boca, you maniac. All weekend long. Just... <laughs> I put that rattling around in my head. Here's one that says, uh, my vote is for Henry Ford. If not for the mass production of the automobile, we wouldn't have the suburbs and the inner city wouldn't be as it is today. Plus, you have your vet. There you go. Henry Ford, a virulent anti-Semite. I don't know why I keep mentioning that, but I mean, what know. else do we know about? the only one that ever says it. I didn't know what do you, it. What do you mean by that? You're well, you better one. read your history, mister. I don't care. You better read your anti-Semite history. No, thank you. Got to talk to, uh, what's his name over there at the Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church, Dr. D. James Kennedy. He probably didn't like a whole lot of ethnic groups, and I still don't care. You know what the D stands for in D. James Kennedy, don't you? Das? Damn bigot. Oh, <laughs> Bush amnesty blamed for rising illegals. Here's another good reason to vote for El Presidente. <laughs> Not. The number of illegal aliens being apprehended on the southwestern border has jumped 25% in the first three months of this year compared with last year, and many are blaming President Bush's immigration proposal in January for enticing immigrants across the border. Nice going, W. Not. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you the president's speech was the catalyst for lots of folks to make their way north and try to get into this country in order to get what they accurately believe to be amnesty, said Representative Tom Tancredo, Republican of Colorado and chairman of the House Immigration Reform Caucus, Republican of Colorado. The increase in apprehensions was driven by a spike within the two Arizona sectors, Yuma and Tucson, which saw increases of 60 and 51 percent respectively. And if apprehensions are increasing, so is the number of illegal aliens making it across the border freely, said Mr. Tancredo. And current former and former immigration law enforcement officials also say they assume for every one person caught, three make it across safely. Three out of four. So there you go. Great. Open up his arms and legs and said, come on in, you know. What a crock of crap. Five six seven oh five sixty. And another thing. Tom five sixty on the AT T and Verizon. It's almost as good as as that. Not quite. Oh, better. WQM. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, what are you guys saying that uh, it was bad about what happened in Israel with uh, and uh, the Palestinian territories with uh, the Hamas leader? Well, what does right. that mean? I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah, you guys just talked about it. I just was talking about it. Yes, about that yeah. Sharon is a lunatic. Yes. Sir, let me say it to you again, okay? This is the same guy who calls every time with his uh, Zionist uh, frenzy, Katsahois, uh, okay? That's my comment to you. He's killing terrorists, is that bad? And along with everybody else, if they really want to sit down and have peace, this is not the way to go about doing it. He's getting everybody whipped up into a frenzy. You know, if they hit us, so we hit them back. They hit us. It's a perpetuating, it's like a dog chasing its tail. And, and uh, ant holes like you are people who continue justifying it. That's a revolutionary idea. Everybody comply with uh, international law. No. No. Everyone. No. Everybody except Errol Sharon. Oh. This is the same one, the same guy that calls no matter what they do over there. This guy reminds me of the one I was telling you about that was in my house last Thursday or Friday. I don't want to see who yeah. it was. It's very depressing. Yeah, give me a song and dance this Jewish guy about how he's for Bush because, uh, you know, if, if uh, we got Sodom out of there, uh, it's good for Israel. And, and let me say it again. If you're in the United States, worry about what's good for the United States first. Now what's good for Israel. Now what's good for Cuba. What's good for America, okay? All these people give me a song and dance because I'm sitting up here in Toronto, Canada, eh? I noticed that was a local And one of the reasons I'm sitting in Toronto, Canada is because I'm sick and tired of stupid, stupid people like that. We wouldn't know where to find any of these places on a map with both hands. We're going to get rid of terrorists. Start with Sharon. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Good point. But don't confuse that guy with the facts because he's just another brainwashed lunatic. That's all. 
think he had too much bad kishka when he was a child. There ain't nothing like kishka, though. I agree. With some nice gravy. Oh, mm, man. Nice. It'll tear your guts out, though. So anyway, Pally, uh, we'll see you on the uh, first boat, okay? We'll see you on the slow boat to Tel Aviv. If you're so crazy about it there, goodbye. Have a good time. Good luck. We'll, we'll pack you some, uh, not, not a whole lot. Now, we don't have to pack a lot. You have to be a, a maniac. No, no, seriously, you have to be a maniac to be there. You have to, and these people that send their kids off there to the kibbutz oh, and to here and there, it's like it's like sending off your kids to be a human sacrifice. It's like inviting your kids to sign up for the U.S. military right now. And the last couple of days over this last weekend, we're starting to hear that nasty five-letter word is rearing its ugly head, and it begins with a D and ends in a T. Yeah. Draft. Starting to hear that word rear its head again. Then you'll see, of course, they wouldn't do that till after the election. They wouldn't make an attempt at that. But boy, oh boy. Then you'll see some people who right now are busy picking their nose get real concerned about what the hell's going on. And how many. And over the weekend, I didn't even mention this at the beginning because they usually mention the casualties. Had 11 more soldiers die over the weekend, U.S. So now we've topped the 700 mark. We, we sure went fast from 500 to 700, didn't we? Yeah. Over 100 just since the first of this month. And today, the last time I checked, is only the 19th. And I got a feeling, I hope I'm wrong. Next month might be worse. Yeah. Well, the closer we get to June 30. Because we're picking up steam. And, of course, like I said, which this guy wasn't listening to because he only hears what he wants to hear, the reaction to the killing of this uh, Hamas scumbag. Yeah, See, there we go, go again. again. Now, they, you know something? <laughs> now, now, listen to me. This whole thing with the words, this this company, not 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 the company, the people inside, the Muffmeister and Clarence, who's as useless as a dead frog, they, they just carried it too far. They're, they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. Right. The idea that we can't say S-bag is so ludicrous. It's, it's just, it's unacceptable. Products on the shelves, we can't mention them. Right. I mean, well, anyway, what the hell was I saying? But when they oh, so anyway, they've got the, 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 their take on it now is that uh, this was Bush and the West. Whatever Sharon does, and of course they do have a point to a degree, because the U.S. are the ones who are keeping him in power, making it possible for him to keep doing his crap, right? and building right. that wall, and increasing these settlements, and they're going around killing people, and of course some innocent people always have to die in the, uh, in, in the uh, process. So on the one hand, he talks peace. It's like the old day, like I keep telling you. People that bitch about how fat I am, but keep pushing food in front of my face on the other hand. Pushing with one hand, pulling back with the other. Kind of like Wally Hennessy in the stretch at Pompano Park. Here's a fact that says from Deb, she says, how about Watson and Crick? They discovered DNA, double helix genetic code. They won the Nobel Prize for that. Watson and Crick. Well, see, our crowd on QM, they'll think we're talking about Tom Watson, the golfer. Sports. And then we'll think, uh, they'll think we're talking about being up a Crick, which we are. Watson and Crick. What time is their show on? So let's put that on there. Got it? Got it. I'm up a Crick. It says, from this one discovery, there have been countless advances in medicine and genetic discovery. Keep up the good work. Spread the word. Bush is a donkey hole, it says here. Well, that's not bad, Debbie. A donkey hole. That's right. I like ant hole better. Vinton G. Cerf is commonly referred to as the father of the Internet. Thank you, Pally, whoever called before. How come we didn't know that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we know about Bennett Cerf and Arlene Francis and Soupy Sales. And Cerf detergent. Uh, what was Arlene Francis? Is how Martin? Uh, oh, gee, it'll come to me. Her husband's name. He was also on What's My Line. Martin uh, Borman. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, during his tenure, Vin, uh, Vinton Surf. I wonder if he was kin to Bobby Vinton. From '76 to '82, with the U.S. Department of Defense's Advanced Research Project Agency, DARPA, he played a key role leading the development of internet and internet-related 
data packet and security technologies, including co-designing the TCP IP protocol. I see. And the TCB protocol. As Vice President of the MCI Digital Information Services, 82 to 86, he led the engineering of MCI Mail, the first commercial email service to be connected to the Internet. In December 97, he was presented the U.S. National Medal of Technology by President Clinton, along with his partner Robert Kahn, for these accomplishments. He is referred to as the father of the Internet. Vincent Cerf, there you go. Let's put that in there in parentheses. The father of the Internet. How do you like that? For your father. For your father. Get that on there, Eric or else. 27 past, or else or not, 27 past noon at QA, and we got the Mad Dog coming up at 2. All right. We got the Hebrew Hammer from Shula State, 2 in Miami Lakes. Now, I didn't see Hank this last trip, and is he uh, lost an ounce or two? No. No. Oh. Speaking of that, what a segue. Delights of West Book is dedicated to providing you with the best products for losing weight for that phase of your low-carb diet. If you're on the Atkins, the Sugar Busters, the South Beach, or any low-carb, sugar-free diet, this is a store you'll love, Delights of West Book, because it's the number one low-carb store in the universe. Now, many of the new reduced carb products on the store shelves are just geared toward cutting back on carbs, not on losing weight. If you're fat like I am and you really want to lose that weight, Delights of West Book is the place to go. Their expertise has always been on the weight loss phase of low-carb dieting. And Delights carries over a 1,000 delicious products for you with a focus toward that lowest carbs possible that can fit into a successful low-carb weight loss plan. The spring sale at Delights is in full swing right now, so stop on by. Their staff knows dieting inside and out, and they're open every day, seven days a week from 10 to 10. Delights of West Boca, you'll find them on the northeast corner of Glades and 441 next to Boston Market. You can call them for more info at 1-877-LOW-CARB, L-O-W-C-A-R-B, that's W, or on the web at lowcarb.com. Delights of West Boca is your official Atkins Retail Center. <laughs> In and hold it. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Travel like a half-bass year, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Madawa, Marlboro. We're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico and Texas and New York. I've been everywhere, man. Too bad they didn't have Geldy to decide. By up that speech just a little bit, you know what? There's a group of people who decided somewhere along at some point that Howard Dean wasn't going to be the candidate. Right. We don't know who those people are. No. But nevertheless, they decided at some point he wasn't going to be the guy. And so it's it's enough to make you scream. Uh, I was wrong. I misspoke. I said 11 American soldiers died over the weekend. Now it's 12. It's hard to even keep up. Sergio Hialeah, with a fake name, says, which he's been using this fake name all along, how about a link to lunaville.org? It has up-to-the-minute info on Iraq casualties. We want to put a link on our website to that. I don't think so. It's too depressing, too morbid. But if anybody wants to see that, lunaville, L-U-N-A, ville, V-I-L-L-E, dot org. Okay. And how they can keep track of it, the way it's going right now. Pizza Hall to me, over 700 
And you don't even say it was worth it anymore, even jokingly, even no, sarcastically. Because uh, no. it ain't worth it. And it ain't funny no more. No. See, Colin Powell to me, he's one of the real chiggers in the woodpile because he knew early right. on what was going on. And he went. And he had and an he opportunity. Went, in fact, when he threw that speech up in the air and said, I'm not going to read this bullshit. Remember reading about that? Right. And then they got to him, and somehow, some way, every time we would see him, he was on the verge of saying the truth. All of a sudden, he'd come out a few hours later. They must have really whipped his ass into shape or made right. threats on his family or whatever. Keep thinking of that Godfather trial. Right. Oh, yeah, it was between the brothers. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he's singing a different tune. He had the opportunity to resign his post and to tell the public what a farce this all was. But no, he goes in front of the U.N. and lies through his teeth. He should let Condoleezza lie through her teeth. At least she's got the gap. John Dean now, and there's so many books i got to buy. i got to go out and get the John Dean book. Worse Than Watergate, The Secret Presidency of George W. Bush by John Dean. Another Republican, by the way. The man who told Nixon about the cancer on the presidency. And now we got to get the Bob Woodward book, which is called Plan of Attack. And keep in mind that Bob Woodward in his first book on Bush, I don't remember what the name of that was, Bush, uh, whatever it was, Bush at War, something like that. He uh, kissed his ass, basically, for several hundred pages. And now all of a sudden that he's written this book, oh, well, he don't know what he's talking about. He's a bad guy. He's got an agenda. Right. Sure. Kevin Spacey mugged and beaten in London Park. Oh, my God. What did I do with that thing? What do we call that? Uh, oh. Just a minute. Relax. Okay. Get the truck. Hey. Get the chalk! Get the chalk! I did it. I closed the. I closed the cock sucker. Get the chalk! Put me on the board, John. Put me on the Cadillac board. I'm <laughs> Branson. Pick up the fucking chalk. Oh, brother! Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I dumped the first one. The last one was okay. It had a good bleep in it. Well, I dumped it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> yeah. You give I me a big shot. The last How's one was all right. Now, what about this? This has right? got to be okay, I think. <laughs> go to lunch, George. That's okay. Go to lunch. Will you go to lunch? No. Well, I, I put the whole long thing in there. Where the hell is it? I don't know what you called it. Um, Maybe I put it under Glen Hill. Oh, there it is. Oh, Nobody should talk to a man that way. Thank goodness. How are you talking to me that way? How can you talk to me that way? I work here. I didn't come in here to be mistreated. Go to lunch, please. That's why I, I, I came in to work today. That's you why I come in. I'll let you know. That's why I came in here. I go thought, to lunch. I don't want to go to lunch. Go to lunch, George. Where does he get off? Talk that way to a working man. Will you take it outside? We have people trying to do business. That's what I came in here for. That's what I'm trying to do. I mean, I mean to stop with that. Excuse me. I mean to stop with tactics. I mean to stop with tactics. That's not right. Huh? That's not. As long as I'm. Will you get out of here? Will you get out of here? Will you? I'm trying to run an office here. Now, will you go to lunch? Go to lunch. Will you go to lunch? No. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who doesn't watch that movie, especially if you know a few sales holes or have known any oh. of your time, you got to see Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. But anyway, getting back to Kevin Spacey, who's great in that movie. Double Oscar star Kevin Spacey, she's been brutally mugged. I mean, he's been brutally mugged. The 44-year-old actor told police he was attacked and robbed of his mobile phone while walking his dog in the London Park at 4.30 in the morning. He was treated in a hospital for a head injury. But bizarrely, hours later, Spacey was constantly fought rumors that he is gay, contacted officers to withdraw his earlier claim. Baffled police said there is no crime to investigate now. Spacey, who lives near the park, was unavailable for comment last night. 
Spacey baffled police by complaining he'd been mugged and then told him to forget about it. Why, why did they start? Oh, I see. That's the headline in the uh, British Daily, the mirror.co.uk. Got it? UK. You go. The Oscar-winning movie star said a mystery attacker beaten robbed him of his mobile phone as he walked his dog. We just got through saying that. He reported the assault to officers within About 30, man. 30 minutes and went to hospital for treatment of a minor head injuries. But hours later, he returned to the police station where he made his complaint and dropped the robbery claim. Confirming that a man in his 40s had reported a mugging, Scotland Yard said he had a head injury and said he'd been robbed of his phone. But then he returned and withdrew the uh, allegation of theft. As far as police are maybe it was his boyfriend, you think? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's what they're trying to make us think. Well, you know them Brits. Oh, and speaking of the Brits, I don't want to read any more about this because he's okay, and uh, he probably made it all up. Probably got into a snit with his boyfriend. But anyway, the Brits, last night uh, was a much more music channel, which I have no idea. It was one of those uh, feature uh, glitzy things they show now and then that has nothing to do with music. They had a piece on the brothers, Wills and Harry, Prince William and Harry. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, like I've always said in the past, the Brits just make me sick to my stomach because they're so emotionally constipated and such a bunch of silly, uh, useless people. I'm going to tell you, man, this was nauseating. When are you Brits out there? Now, we have a few in the audience, although they probably bailed out for good reason. When are you going to stop already with living in the distant past? Good golly, Miss Molly. Billions we're talking about. Billions. There are people starving in there all over England, all over the British Isles. They're starving over there. And not only that, but that too. And they're spending billions on the monarchy and the royal family and all of their residences and Prince Charles' $17 million mansion and this one over here and at the, in Balmoral up there in Scotland. And they show Charles walking around with his kilts on and all this other crap. Man, oh, man, you talk about people living in the distant past. People with a serious ego problem is what they got. The French and the Russians had the right idea. And then they talked about the uh, the uh, the Windsor family and how many billions and billions they're worth and all this other garbage. They have just just the art collection alone is worth twenty two billion dollars. Chads. Just the art collection alone is worth twenty two billion. Well, they deserve. <coughs> it. You well, how come they don't want to send some of the excess to this uh, old queen? Conversation between Queen Elizabeth and the heir apparent, her son, Prince Charles. Hello. Hello, Charles. Yeah. It's, it's Mum. Hey, Mum. What are you calling for again, Mum? I'm worried about you, Charles. Mum, you can't keep calling me every day. I'm, I'm, I'm very worried. You call me like ten times a day, Mum. I've been handed the newspaper here. The Daily Mirror? Yes. I don't read such rubbish. Well, did you happen to see the front page? I didn't see it, Mum. I don't read such rubbish, I've told you. It says, is Charles bisexual? <laughs> yes, what? Is it true, Charles? What does it say, Mum? Is Charles bisexual? <laughs> What's it mean by that, Mum? It means you like the lassies and the lads. I don't like the lads, Mum. <laughs> don't cry, Mum. It's true, isn't it? Please don't cry, Mum. It's true. It's not true. I knew I should have thought something went wrong when I caught you listening to Clay Aiken. <laughs> I like him, Mum. He's a good singer. That's all <laughs> true. I mean, that's all there is to it. And all those Barbara Streisand movies in the collection. <laughs> I love to in Yeto, Mum. That doesn't make me a boy. 
<laughs> How's Harry? Harry's fine. Willis? Watching him shower right now. <laughs> Why are you crying, Mum? It's true, isn't it? What? It's true. It's not true. <laughs> You're bisexual. I am not bisexual. I don't have any sex. The woman I'm dating, Mum, looks like a horse. I mean, she doesn't give it to me at all. You know that. But is that why you go for the men? I don't go for the men, Bob. So it's not true? I'm going to be the king of England. Yes, that's what I'm worried about. What are you worried, Mum? You'll be the king and the queen. <laughs> I can't continue this conversation any longer, Mum. <laughs> all right. My date's here. Your date? Camilla? Come on in, Ernie. Who, who is that? No, uh, just a friend. Is that Camilla? It's Ernie. Ernie? Who's Ernie? My friend Ernie. Who is Ernie? We play uh, football together, Mum. You don't play football. Uh, we play games together, Mum. I've got to go now, Mum. <laughs> Stop crying. Stop crying. 1246 and 560 WQAM. You know, you can see that this past weekend, because somebody told me, in fact, it was one of my friends at Air Canada, that this past weekend is like the last gasp Yeah. as far as people bailing out of South Florida. Mm -hmm. So the people who stuck around one extra week after Easter and Pesach, the ones who didn't leave that last previous weekend, they all bailed out this last weekend. So right. I, I would imagine that CPA spokesman Dan Senior said in the Atlantic Journal-Constitution, in fact, there is no reporting. Senior military spokesman Mark Kimmett had a suggestion for Iraqis who saw civilian deaths in Al Jazeera. Change the channel to a legitimate, authoritative, honest news station. The stations that are showing Americans intentionally killing women and children are not legitimate news sources. That is propaganda, and that is lies. Acting as the substitute anchor on CNN's Wolf Blitzkrieg reports, Kagan began the interview by asking al-Sheikh to respond to those accusations, citing U.S. officials saying, the pictures and the reporting that al-Jazeera put on the air only adds to the sense of frustration and anger and adds to the problems in Iraq rather than helping solve them. After al-Sheikh defended al-Jazeera's work as accurate and the images as representative of what takes place on the ground, Kagan pressed on. Isn't the story, though, bigger than just the simple numbers, with all due respect to the Iraqi civilians who've lost their lives? Is the story bigger than just the numbers of people who were killed or the fact that they might have been killed by the U.S. military, that the insurgents, the people trying to cause the problems within Fallujah, are mixing in among the civilians, making it actually impossible, making it actually possible that even more civilians would be killed, that the story is that why Iraqi what Iraqi insurgents are doing, in addition to what is the response from the U.S. military? CNN's argument that a bigger story than civilian deaths is what the Iraqi insurgents are doing to provoke a U.S. response is startling, especially in light of the official de the U.S. denials of civilian deaths. Video footage of women and children killed by the U.S. military is evidence that needs to be seen. And Al Jazeera is not alone in reporting a reality very different from the one U.S. officials describe. Authorities have been able to keep a tight rein on the information flow from Fallujah, with only one small TV network pool in the city that travels and operates under the watch of the Marines. It is noteworthy that the U.S. has reportedly demanded as a condition for lifting the siege of Fallujah that Al Jazeera cameras be removed from the city. Hmm. But independent journalists reporting from Fallujah described the scene consistent with the one broadcast by Al Jazeera. Rahul Mujahajan, a U.S. journalist in Fallujah, estimated that of the 600 Iraqis killed in Fallujah, 200 were women and 100 young children, with many of the adult male casualties also non-combatants. 
He reported witnessing a young woman, 18 years old, shot in the head and a young boy with massive internal bleeding at a clinic. Mahajan recounted that during the ceasefire, Americans were attacking with heavy artillery, but primarily with snipers, with ambulances, with ambulances among the targets. The sniper activity was also reported by U.S. journalist Dar Jamail. Fallujah residents say Marines are opening fire randomly on unarmed civilians and have attacked clearly marked ambulances. When reports from the ground are describing hundreds of civilians being killed by U.S. forces, CNN should be looking to Al Jazeera's footage to see if it corroborates those accounts, not badgering Al Jazeera's editor about why he didn't suppress that footage. Darren Kagan, bubblehead, pawn, propagandist, piece of crap, anthole. I just mentioned that. You're right. I'm stunned. And another thing. <laughs> Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line line nine QAM hello hi yes sir I'd like to speak with Neil speaking Neil this is Richard Pearl you talked about me on the air actually oh not but uh, we want to clarify not the Richard Pearl from the uh, neocon group no not at all actually okay. I'm calling today because I have Craig Unger who wrote House of Bush House of Sod on my show. Really? On, uh, yeah, he's coming on at 5 o'clock on Waxy, that little dinky little station. But right. he's going to be on today at 5 o'clock. So, in other words, you want to use my show to promote your show? Well, I think, no, 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 it's not only that. I think, right. I think it would be good for be people to one. hear it, though, because I think what you're right. doing is a great service, and this is an opportunity for people to see the connection between Bush and the Bin Laden Yeah, the family. timing is perfect. I had the book sitting on my coffee table in the other room. I haven't started yet. I've got uh, five others. All right, well, good. So I'm on today at 5. And I just, I think That's what you're doing 790 Waxy, not that we want you to be listening around the station, but just in well, case. Well, this way they don't have to listen to sports for a while. Plus, not only that, but you're our farm station anyway, 790 Waxy. That's true. Anyway, listen, you're doing a great job. I love your website, too. And I just wanted to call in. I'm the other Richard Pearl. I'm a homegrown thing, and I decided to do this because... I would definitely change my name or two. You know, I'll tell you something. I travel overseas. <laughs> it's tough. You know, now it's like I don't want to go. Because these guys who may pull me out of a hotel room don't right. know my spelling, so and exactly. they don't really. In addition, if you go to my international, and some old Cuban guy might drag you over and say, "How come your name on the passport?" Now, they'll the probably same? give me a free pass. They'll think, "Ah, a right winger, you go." Yeah, good, good point. Like I said, keep it the same. All right. Well, anyway, thanks for uh, giving me <laughs> thanks an for opportunity. the free plug. Thanks, Richard. Do a good job. Right, bye bye. Okay. There you go. There's other stations using the Neil Rogers Show to promote their show. No problem with us, huh? I mean, we, we want you to listen to the Hebrew Hammer. Sure. But if you're not sports intensive, right? Right, just write it down and uh, listen to him. I beg your pardon? I said, hey, how you doing? Are you telling these people to write down QAM? Good. And by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that because we've got the eight South Florida cheap channel stations on our website that you ought to avoid like poison like the plague if you're sick and tired of Clear Channel and what they've done, not just with Howard Stern, but what they've done in general to this business. Just say no to Clear Channel, okay? So there's Richard Pearl. I remember the day, the first day somebody called and said, oh, Richard Pearl has got a show on. And I just went nuts. Well, how the hell am I going to know there's another Richard Pearl, huh? Nobody knew. I didn't know that Richard Pearl from Pearl Bailey. From Jack Bailey, who used to drive at Vernon Downs. 5670560. Pound 560 on the AT&T. And Verizon Wireless Line. WQM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Let's, let's add Alan Greenspan to that list. Really? Yeah. Well, well he sure got a lot of power, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what, you know what, the same poll was done in France, and I think Jerry Lewis won. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Okay, thanks a lot. Who would you rather spend a weekend with, Jerry Lewis or Alan Greenspan? Man. Put him on there, Alan Greenspan. Got it, Josh? Got it. Can you yeah, handle it? The most important person of the 20th century, and again, if you tuned in late, which you probably did, 
Time Magazine does this thing every year once in a while when they got nothing else going on like us. Then they take a poll worldwide, no less. Well, Time Magazine is worldwide. To mark the turn of the century, they profiled 100 individuals from five fields of endeavor who helped shape the 100 years. Who are your choices? And they, they list... Who, well, look at the number of votes on here. Churchill, leaders and revolutionaries, he's got 1,364,900 some odd votes. Is that incredible? And he's just incredible. barely ahead of Ataturk. Didn't he used to be like a foot doctor at Cleveland Clinic, that Ataturk guy? He's one of the quacks that the Rimmer sent me to, I believe. And then they oh. chased his ass out of town, yeah. That Rimmer, he, one good doctor, that's my good friend, Dr., um, what's her name? Hanft. Kendall Ham, thank you, sweetheart. She was going to, like, uh, come in special to see me last week. And FDR is a distant third. How is that possible? He's got 494,000 votes. Why would, why would anybody say that Churchill was more um, well, like influential than... national poll. Right. So, closer uh, to home. For them. And even Castro is right on FDR's ass, and he ain't too happy about it. He's been trying to get up and get away, but he's having a hell of a time doing it. That's bad. Five six seven oh five sixty. We got what do we got so far? Edison one hundred and four. Einstein eighty eight. Oh, and speaking of uh, professions, here's a little known fact you might find fascinating. All right. And I was inspired to mention this to you by that one of those spots we played in the last break. Do you know uh, Duff Lindsay, our operations manager, what field of endeavor he was in before he got into broadcasting? No, I don't. Was he a singer? Pipefitter. Four minutes till one, 12.56 at 5.60 WQAM. If you're having a fit because your carpets are looking pretty nasty these days, here's something that will put a big smile on your face. Call my friends at Drive Concepts because if you've never used them before, you'll be amazed at what a stupendous, unbelievable job they do. They're simply the best in the world at bringing your carpeting back to life, even if your carpets are old and kind of hopeless looking right now. When they finish dry cleaning your carpets, and that's exactly what they do, they will look like you just had brand new laid on your floor. That's correct. They leave your carpets vibrant and color, soft to the touch, and they give you a guaranteed written price up front before they start the job, no matter what you have them do, whether it's your area rugs, your oriental rugs, your drapery, your upholstery, your carpeting, all of these things. And when you call Dry Concepts, be sure and ask to have them put you on your standby list. We'll, we'll save you an extra 15% off the already unbeatable price on their stupendous job. Call them today. Believe me, you'd never dream of calling anybody else. Call them toll-free from anywhere. It's 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071, or check them out on the web at drawconcepts.com, the best in the universe. Live and local, this is Sports Radio 560, QAM. Boy, it's the one to two hour. One oh one at five sixty. WQM. Happy Monday to you. Uh, 
major sports story. I'm surprised they didn't interrupt the show for this. Okay. I'm surprised Clarence didn't come breathlessly running in. Oh, we got to get this out of here right away. Although, surprised the and, sports alarm didn't go off. And I'll yeah. give you a little clue, a little hint as to what this, who this might be about. Now, we can't, we can't uh, play it, the bit, uh, the Mo Howard David bit anymore. Now, what the hell is that called? Oh, I don't know. This is supposed it's to be called it. Chris and... Arande. Ah! Got it. What, what is that thing called? I can't even find it. Maybe I already took it out of here, you think? Oh, no, there it is. <laughs> That's as much as we can play that. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, I, I, I like that. Wait a minute. One moment, please. All right. Okay. That's as much of that as we can play anymore. And back in the day when we played it, it was uh, most amusing. Anyway, here's the big story. Oronde Gadsden, former wide receiver with the Miami Dolphins, was arrested early today on a DUI charge <laughs> and for driving on a suspended license, police said, in Pember Pines. Captain Keith Pallant, police spokesman, said Gadsden, 32 of Davy, was wanted on two other counts of outstanding warrants that charged driving on a suspended or revoked driver's license. Shame on you, Oronde. Pallant said Gadsden was also charged with violation of a traffic control device. Whatever that means. Maybe he ran a light? Stop sign? Right. Something like that. said Gadsden refused to submit to sobriety testing Uh-oh. at a breath alcohol testing facility and was booked into the Broward County Jail in Fort Lauderdale in lieu of $3,000 bond. He later posted bond. Later in the morning was freed. said Gadsden was stopped around 2.30 this morning while driving westbound on Pines Boulevard in the 8100 block. Police said he had just left Club Iguana in his black 2003 Infinity. What well, else reminds me of Jack Cohen going down there to a Tootsie's last week. Pallant said the SUV was spotted swerving out of his lane of traffic and running over lane markers. He was stopped on the 8700 block of Pines Boulevard, questioned and arrested. Gadsden, an unrestricted free agent, is unlikely to return to the Dolphins. He played in six games last season after being re-signed November 19, catching four passes for 48 yards and no touchdowns. Yada, yada, yada. So there you go. Ronda Gadsden, he's got a little bit of his own uh, contretemps. Uh, it's, it's amazing that this story came out so quickly, although, see, he doesn't play for the team no more. It's kind of like when Peter Worrell was on the uh, Florida Panthers, and he had a DUI, at least one, and they kept it real quiet for a very long time. But nevertheless, how are those Panthers doing in the playoffs, I should ask? Kicking some ass? Huh? I think we've got some free Panther tickets, playoff tickets to give away. What do you say? We love the Panthers. <laughs> Five six seven oh five sixty. The most influential person in the world in the twentieth century. WQN. Hello. Hey Neil, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, when you said you were telling the Alanda Gaston story, maybe reminded me of uh, over the weekend. Ty Law got arrested down in um, I think it was Miami on a foot chase. The cops were chasing him. By the long arm of the law. <laughs> yeah, from the from the Patriots. I'll be damned. And when they went to arrest him, he said. Uh, don't be touching me. I'm a professional athlete. That was a quote. That was <laughs> so I just, thought, I just thought you'd like to hear that. Thanks for the good news, Pally. Now we're even. All right. Take care. All right. Except Tyler's got a Super Bowl ring. But other than that, 567 or 2. 567-0560. You got two, uh, Josh? Yeah. He's got a pair. I just mentioned that in passing. I don't want the Dolphin fans to get upset because they're very jealous. And there was actually a football game. There was a Super Bowl game on Super Bowl Sunday, even though almost nobody remembers it. And why don't they remember it? Because of uh, all that crap. Too bad I can't play that sound anymore. What, what I guess, can play that. Yeah, there you go. For now. The big Janet Jackson, Justin Tinkerbell flat. That's all they know. 
I mean, I'm going to tell you, what that says, it speaks volumes about America, about your politicians, about the immaturity of the whole American psyche. It's pathetic. A booby, an exposed booby for a fraction of a second is on. And it wasn't even like a totally pristine. It had like that thing on it, whatever that thing was. Hubcap. That hub, uh, hubcap on it. Right. <laughs> and you would have thought that the world was coming to an end. My John Ascroft, man, he must have been hyperventilating. He was making uh, all kinds of mo sounds, right? Oh, speaking of that, record poppy crop makes mockery of Afghanistan's jihad on opium. I poppy. Now, maybe if we had that $700 million to finish the job in Afghanistan, or at least to do a little bit more. But no. Now, President, it kind of is like the Iran-Contra thing all over again when they were diverting funds from, like, uh, uh, one place over here. In addition to which, Congress didn't know nothing about it, that $700 million. You're aware of that? You saw that in the Woodworth thing last yes, night? Yes, I did. Because even though I didn't watch it, I've seen, you know, clips and read all the stuff. Try to, try to be up to date. So I have just a minuscule idea of what's going on, like usual. Blossoms of ripe opium poppies blanket the valleys of Nangarhar province, whatever that is. Colorful proof that another war is not working. Afghanistan's jihad against opium production. President Karzai's promise that 25% of the opium harvest in Afghanistan will be destroyed is no closer to being re realized. Last year, the harvest provided three-quarters of the world's heroin and 95% of Europe's. This year, a record harvest is expected. Robert Charles, a narcotics expert from the U.S. State Department, says that 300,000 acres of opium poppies will be harvested, 30% more than the previous harvest, than the previous highest. Already 10 million people worldwide are addicted to Afghan opiates. Even Sherlock Holmes is still hooked on it. At a conference in Berlin this month, U.S. Secretary of State Colin Powell linked the aid package to two of 2.3 billion pledges of Afghanistan for 2004 and 5 to the destruction of the opium harvest. You don't think it was another lie, do you? No. It was then that Mr. Karzai called on farmers to fight opium production with the same commitment as they would a holy war. Right. This is not a real policy, says Haji Din Mohammed, the governor of Nangahar. We've only told farmers at the end of the season. It is only now being decided whose fields will be destroyed. In other words, they're going to take their time. They don't want to spoil any of the good crap right now. See? They'll, they'll wait. Right. We'll wait. I mean, it's like if the cops come raiding your house. You don't want to throw any of the good crap down the toilet. Just tell them, come right. back when you're finished using it all up. Right. I got a dummy bag for just such an occasion. There you go. 560560. Pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. WQM, hello. Got one for the poll. Yes, sir. Bob Marley. Bob Marley, man. Now we're talking. No, he can't be on there. He's an entertainer. No, Come on, try it tomorrow, man. The most important entertainer of the 20th century, this guy says, was Bob Marley. Yeah, man. There you go. Speaking of what we were just talking about, too. See the way this all kind of like fits in together like a rubber glove? It's a rolling, flowing kind Well, what the hell did I read? Uh, the Inquirer's been pretty disappointing the last two or three weeks. Something about O.J. Was something about the DNA testing or that if they would have had the technology back during the O.J. trial that they have now, it would have been an open and shut case. Even that, even that uh, uh, phonied up jury wouldn't have been able to play the race card. That's how I, devastating it would have been. I think that's uh, where you're wrong. What? I think if O.J. had pulled the knife out of his pocket and said, I killed the bitch with this knife right here, they still would have uh, acquitted him. Not guilty. Not guilty. If you're full of Schmidt, you must acquit. That's what, well, Johnny Cochran's also got some kind of a uh, disease of some kind. He won't tell us what it is. Yeah, let it go. He, he'd be ill. And Pat Burns has colon cancer, but he'll be all right. You know Pat Burns? No. I, I knew you didn't. I know it burns. 
WQM, hello, that's what he said. QAM. Hey, how you doing, Yes, sir. General? Good. How about General George Marshall, the Marshall Plan? General George Marshall would be uh, excellent. Okay. Thank you. And I just want to say one thing. Yes. If you watch these talk show programs with Matthews and all these guys, oh. and they talk how the president made his point, we got to go forward, we can't go back, but no one talks and says, am I allowed to say schmuck? Yes. Okay. That he's a schmuck Once. and can't uh, say words together? Yeah. I mean, the man is just incoherent when he speaks. That is correct. Okay, have a good life. And you too. <laughs> oh, that was great. I have no life. Oh. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T Verizon Wireless line. Tomorrow we'll do the most important entertainer of the 20th century, and on Wednesday, the most important athlete of the 20th century. And then you know what we might do on Thursday? What, turn the transmitter off? The most important poll we ever took. I don't know. No, well, Thursday we got some good news, man. I don't want to get like oh, carried away. Right. I don't want the audience to feel like we don't love them anymore because we certainly do. We appreciate their long-standing patience and support. But well, Thursday, oh! yeah, we love the Marlins. So they got swept by Atlanta. Big deal. Okay, they're still eight and four, right? They're off to a great start. Can't win them all. Can't expect them to own the, Mar the uh, Braves every year. Plus, I think that Mo put the hex on, uh, you know, because he's a Braves fan, don't you think? Yeah, he's responsible. Tim Bandage says that uh, you can win them all, and he's done so. Did he say that? No, I'm making that up. Just because of being 17 and... Oh! Right. He's got a ring. I don't want to tell you what kind. We can't say that anymore on the air. I got a picture of it if you want to post it. <laughs> I bet you do. I do. I don't want to hear about it. Want me to send it to you? No. It's on its way. Let's see. Uh, we got till 12.30 on Thursday. Then we got the Marlins game. Marlins at the Phillies with a pregame at 12.30 and a game at 105. Oh, man. I think if the Marlins would emulate the Cubs and play all-day games starting at about, like, noon... I think 10 to 11.30 is a magnificent shift, don't you? Oh, man. Yeah, 10 to 11.30. We'd do the best damn <laughs> hour and a half manpower pack. We wouldn't right. have time to take a breath. It would smoke. There wouldn't be uh, any of these pauses or even time to do a little greps like I just did. We would just be smoking along, man. No, not, not even no time for spots. So I guess that's out. Twelve minutes after one at 560 WQM. If you've been uh, sleeping on a really crappy mattress, your back will tell you because you wake up in the morning and you feel like crap and you feel like you haven't even slept at all. If you want to get a great new mattress, there are a lot of ways to go, but the smart thing is, what I've been doing for years, call 1-800-MATTRESS, because Dollar Mattress backs everything they say in their advertising 500%. Their competitors still like to lie. They give you a lot of BS. Here's an example. In big print, you see an ad that says, no down payment, no interest, no payments for 24 months. The tiny print at the bottom reads like an encyclopedia disclaimers. Requires a minimum purchase higher than the advertised sale price. Many times, not a single advertised item would even qualify for financing. Interest penalties of 21% or more. Shoppers who need financing the most rarely even qualify. And dollar mattress ads have no tiny print, no disclaimers, no lies, no BS, no bullshit. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll find there's never an extra charge for same-day delivery either. And dollar mattress takes same-day orders all day long from Kendall to Stewart, from Palm Beach to Fort Myers. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you pick the date and two-hour delivery window. You want your mattress delivered, and they show up when you're home when it's convenient for you. So call right now, and when you use them the first time, You'll see for yourself why 1-800-MATTRESS is ranked the best in the world in overall customer satisfaction. And Dollar Mattress reminds you to read that fine print because they want to make sure you know what you're buying, even if you decide to buy from somebody else. So do what I've been doing for a long, long time for a coon's age. Just make that one simple call, 1-800-MATTRESS, or log on to mattress.com. Dollar Mattress, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, the honest way to buy you a great new bed. My and Lowell, this is Sports Radio 560 at 
feel like a freak. Cause every time I pull out something to eat for this week, I can't do this. Cause I'm Jewish and I can't eat bread. Yeah, my rabbi said only matzah. Oh, you wanna eat it cold or hot? It's matzah. Fun for your mother, brother, sister, father. Matzah. Buy in bulk for a lower cost per box. It's matzah. 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 Put on the wait. That's over. So get your ass over to my pad. It's Passover. I'm the mad flower smoothie, and I hope you understand it. Put Gandhi on there, please. Can you handle it? We got it. Mohandas. I actually, actually mentioned the Afi Cohen in there. Now, you were uh, on vacation. Right, when you and Zach were. Two weeks ago, and Zach gave us this whole big song dance about the Afi Cohen, which I never heard of in my whole life. Even he he uh, filled me in. He, he gave you the tefillin in? Mm-hmm. And the Afi Cohen, uh, you stick a matzah in your... Um, Rectum. No, in a napkin, and then you hide it, and the kids have got to find it. They put a little hide-and-seek. It's kind of like the uh, those candies, you know? Mr. Uh, thingy. Find the candy in the crevice, kind of like that. <laughs> now, this fax you just sent me, this is, uh, he's entitled to his opinion, even though he's full of crap. It yeah, says, after all these years, Neil, I finally found a subject that I'm in total disagreement with you on. I know there had to be one. Senator Kerry said yesterday on Meet the Press that Hamas has had plenty of chances over the years to come to the peace table had they ever really wanted to. He went on to say that they're a brutal murdering, murdering organization that fully deserves to have their leaders assassinated, and I totally agree with his stated views on the subject. As far as I'm concerned, you can't kill enough of them. I hope Arafat will be next. And I disagree with you that the peace process is in any way affected by these actions. Right. Revenge is just another convenient excuse for them. When they're ready to talk, they will do so regardless of who is killing whom that week. And you know that the Israelis will be ready as well. That's my view, and thanks for listening. Oh, brother Larry. Oh, good luck to you, man. I think too, I think he was eating the box, just like I said in that bit, that the matzah inside tastes like the box that it came in. Wow. 
Just keep, uh, you know, fewer stoking, like like you said, about stoking a hornet's nest, man. Just keep prodding and prodding and prodding. That's the way to do it. Got every area. But before Sharon is done, he's going to have anybody who ever even, like, uh, had lunch with an Arab in the world hating not only the Israelis, but hating the U.S. This is the thing that really frosts my ass. It would be one thing if what he did only affected him and the people crazy enough to be living there. That's their problem. But when it affects us, then it's another story. Anyway, here's a much more pleasant story. Well, kind of. Because even though we can't play fart sounds, we can talk about farting still. All right. At least as of today, we haven't got a new memo. It says, dogs, they're sweet, loyal and, uh, loyal and loving. They fetch sticks and eat leftovers and stride beside their masters on morning runs. They guard sleeping households. Some of them even catch frisbees. Not surprisingly... Those finer qualities tend to trump less likable traits, nipping at neighbors, shredding shoes, soiling carpets, and passing gas. Mm. Veterinarian Robert Dan, co-director of Blum Animal Hospital in Chicago, has seen a share of gassy pooches. Their affliction, he says, is fairly common, often stems either from the inability to expel excess air or intestinal bacteria that ferment carbohydrates, which in turn produces gas. Sorry, it says, that's more than you need to know. But that brings us to the popular... Walter the Farting Dog series of kids' books. Are you familiar with that? Uh, no. Better get with it. It's stinky protagonist Walter, a lovable and pre preternaturally gaseous canine, has brought dog flatulence, and as a result, flatulence in general, to the fore like never before. The first Walter installment was released in 2001, quickly became a subversive favorite, landing last summer atop the New York Times list of children's picture book bestsellers. How come we haven't heard about this? Walter the Farting Dog? I ought to have. To date, the North American phenomenon has sold a half a million copies, been translated into Quebecois French and Spanish. Other translations have been in the works. In its follow-up, Walter the Farting Dog, Trouble at the Yard Sale, it's hit the shelves this month, is on track for similar success, having recently ascended number three on the Times list, been printed in a dozen languages. The, pl the ridiculous plot goes on like this. A man buys Walter from his olfactorily tortured master for $10 at a garage sale and harnesses the dog's formidable tooting talents for evil. Walter, having been attached to a fart catcher, is force-fed beans, the musical fruit, and made to fill balloons with his noxious fumes, thus creating near-lethal weapons to be strategically deployed by a pin-popping during the course of a bank robbery. Walter, a friendly and charitable pooch, is hugely dismayed by his predicament. Not to worry, though, and in the end, <laughs> in the end, all's resolved, and he returns home a hero ready to fart again and again and again in his forthcoming third romp, Rough Weather Ahead. And it goes on. The story's on our website. It's cute. It's cute. I'll have to pick that so we up. can't play the sounds, but we can talk about it still. For now. For right now. Let's go kill some terrorists. Oh! All right. And if a few innocent pain in the ass buys them, it's happened to die. Too bad. All right. Start with Ariel. You know, why is it the New York Daily News has this penchant for trying to, like, make excuses for Michael Jackson? Of all the publications, it seems that they like, they're like uh, and have been for the last two years. But anyway, they got a story this morning. The young cancer patient who has accused Michael Jackson of sexual abuse is now a robust teenager able to withstand the rigors of a military camp and scale eight-foot walls, says the Daily News. He also has moved into a comfy condo on the city's upscale west side in L.A., and his mom is driving a new car. It is a remarkably different picture from what the family's friends have described. In the swirl of publicity after Jackson was arrested for allegedly molesting the boy in November, family friends said the boy was desperately ill in dire need of a kidney transplant and so poor that he and his siblings didn't even have beds. Well, they could always go sleep in Michael's. Comedy club owner Jamie Masada, who introduced the accuser to Jackson, broke hearts across the nation when he described the 14-year-old boy's failing health and grim living conditions in a series of interviews late last year. 
He has only one kidney, and it's failing him, and part of his face is swollen up. It just breaks your heart, Masada told the news in late November, adding that he donated bunk beds so the boy and his younger brother wouldn't have to sleep on the floor. They're poor people, simple people, he said. In late December, he told the AP, this kid's not doing very good. Weeks after Masada's heart-rending media blitz, an in-depth investigation found the boy in good shape despite his cancer bout was strong enough to run, jump scale fences, even hoist a rifle. Masada, silenced by a court gag order, declined to comment. And it goes on at great length. The accuser's mother was repeatedly seen driving her new 2004 red Volkswagen Jetta with a $21,000 sticker price, a big-ticket purchase for someone struggling to make ends meet. By January, they relocated to a pleasant two-bedroom condo near L.A.'s posh Brentwood neighborhood, maybe in O.J.'s old pub, maybe by there. A far cry from their former rundown apartment on the city's dicey east side. Well, maybe they got some advances to write a book, you think? <laughs> Who knows? But who the hell cares? Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon Wireless line. The most important person of the twentieth century was Thomas Edison. Hundred and twenty, bless his heart. Albert Einstein, one oh six. FDR only eighty one. That's uh, very sad. They don't know. Mo Howard David's got forty eight. Absolutely, he's doing it. Adolf Hitler, forty six. In fact, Mo has passed Hitler like he was standing still. Bill Gates, 40. Tim Berner, what is it, Berners-Lee? Yes, he does. Inventor of the Worldwide Net. He's got a few. He's got 37. Winston Churchill, 36. Martin Luther King's got... About 30, man. 30. Henry Ford, 22. Alien Gonzalez, 16. JFK, JFK, 12. Lenin's got six. Vladimir, that is. Watson and Crick have got five. Edward Teller, four. Dick Nixon, three. Vinton Cerf, father of the Internet, has got three. Bennett Cerf don't have any yet. Sigmund Freud, two, and John D. Rockefeller. A bunch of people got one, including Gandhi just went on there. It's almost enough to make me want to play the Gandhi man. And I think I might. Good. I like it. I love it. 27 after 1 at 560 WQM. Here's one thing that people don't love, and that is thinking about the horrible things, the diseases, the things that can happen to you, especially if you're, like, fat or out of shape or if you have bad genes. Last week I had an amazing test at the Hollywood Diagnostic Center, it's just uh, phenomenal the way the technology has come along now. It's like an oh, MRI used to be in the old days. You know, you just lie in the machine for uh, a few minutes and you hold your breath and they keep taking pictures. But now they do the whole body scan. And it is absolutely amazing. It's a proven fact that disease responds extremely well to treatment if you detect it early. That's the key. So if you're concerned about uh, maybe you have a bad lifestyle, maybe you're fat as a cow, maybe you've got like a history of heart disease or cancer or whatever in your family, you really ought to check this out. Hollywood Diagnostic Center is proud to announce their virtual colonoscopy, which is so much less intrusive than the traditional one, by the way, coronary heart scoring, which I had, and full body screening exam, too, which I had, that can detect cancer and other life-threatening diseases in their early stages. Your doctor's referral isn't even needed. For all your imaging exams, call Hollywood Diagnostic Center, 954-966-3600, for the test that can give you and your family peace of mind. There's nothing like walking out of there after you see all the pictures on there, you know? There's your heart, there's your lungs, there's your uh, liver with bacon and onions, there's your kidneys, there's your pancreas, there's your rectum, all of them, and they're right on there. At Hollywood Diagnostic Center, they offer state-of-the-art imaging equipment with open MRI, high-speed CAT scan, nuclear medicine, and much, much more. Hollywood Diagnostic Center has been serving the community for over 20 years, and their facility also provides a complete mobile diagnostic service that can come right to you. So really, finding out early is what it's all about. In case you have something going on bad in your body, you want to know about it. Call Hollywood Diagnostic Center for your imaging exam today. Call 
It could be the most important call you'll ever make. 954-966-3600. Live and local, this is 560. The radio QAM. There was American Chopper, then American Hot Rod. Now, there's a show for all you gearhead users. American Scooter. Hey, what are you doing? You can't put a hover on a wheel on a rascal. What are you trying to kill somebody? Tipper's flare as time runs out. If we're going to get this ready for the big AARP show in Miami, we may have to work late. Maybe till then. Will they finish before time and their Medicaid runs out? Find out tonight on American Scooter, Early Bird Special, followed by Geezer Garage and Monster Rumpus Room. Tonight on the Discovery Channel. Three Israelis injured in rocket strike at the Gaza settlement. What a surprise, huh? Hmm. And uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm sure. Unfortunately. And it happens every time. So you can continue. And as far as I didn't mention the part about what John Kerry said, John Kerry was doing the same thing that Bush does and just about all the other politicians in the U.S. do. And that is pandering for the Jewish vote. And, of course, in Bush's case, he's not only pandering for the Jewish vote, but he's also pandering to the born-again Christians who are obsessed with Armageddon and the Israelis and the Jews and how we have to make them an offer they can't refuse. And, of course, if they refuse, they'll burn in hell. But nevertheless, we have to blow up that mosque so that they can build the temple so that Armageddon will happen. There you go. Oh, there's our good friend, uh, Susan Candiotti. The courthouse, where it is week five in the state trial against Terry Nichols. The bombing... By the way, do you know that they're now finding that there could be a connection between Terry Nichols and Al-Qaeda? Are you aware of that? Have you read about that? No, I have not. And the fact that he was in the Philippines, it's it's, uh, too detailed for me to go into right now. But there just could be... Al-Qaeda might have been involved in some way in the Oklahoma City bombing. I don't want to sound paranoid or nothing like that, but... Anyway... Oh, and how, you know who we left out that I looked up uh, during the break? My God, on our list. We left out my God? It's, it's a good thing that uh, I looked it up. Philo Farnsworth. <gasps> Philo. Philo T. Right. Philo T or Philo P? P-H-I-L-O. Right. Kind of like Philco without, it's like Philco without the C, see? Right. TV, baby. Philo Farnsworth, who uh, invented television. How could you leave him out? Most important person of the 20th century. Right Changed the entire uh, world. Couldn't have computers without him. Changed our lives. Couldn't have the Playboy Channel without it. Right. Couldn't have MSNBC and watch a man dying on the air, Don Imus, every morning. It was the anniversary of the uh, Waco, the end of the Branch Davidian standoff 11 years ago. The Branch Davidians, another bunch of crazy people. Like that. Nice going, Janet. Not. I remember being on the air the day that that thing, uh, that they blew that thing up. Mm -hmm. Turned it on fire. Right. Man, oh, man. We were there. Talk about a bunch of flamers. Oh, here's some bad news for our radio again. Well, why should it be any different? The Funk Jazz Lounge got the blues and the hoot, the boot from Hot 105. That's what it's all about. Does anybody who listens to this uh, show have any idea what that is? No. The Neo Soul Music Show, hosted by Rodney Demas on WHQT, Hot 105, slipped away as quietly as its socially conscious verses and sultry poetic lyrics. This by Tony Marshall of the Sun Sentinel. And it goes on and on pages on this. Meantime, we can't say crap on here anymore. And other than a couple of columns by Tom Jick a few weeks ago, nobody's writing a word about that. And let me say it again. Glenn Garvin and Taylor, you are an idiot. You're pathetic. My goodness. It is so sad. All the stuff that's been going on. And of course, uh, now once we have something happen with the Spanish language stations in the Herald, then you'll read about it, right, in El Herald? Mm-hmm. Why, don't they, why don't they just dump the, somebody mentioned this last week, just dump the English language version of the Herald altogether. Just print it in Spanish. Who are you kidding? Have the same effect on my life, none. 
<laughs> exactly. The only reason I get it and I feel bad that I do is because uh, I feel compelled. The Spirit of Christ compels me doing this stupid-ass show. But uh, otherwise, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wrap your garbage in the Herald. I wouldn't let your dog crap on it. Because of low ratings, the producers recently pulled the plug on the Sunday afternoon segment. At first, it's the doo-wop shop. Now, it's the neo-soul music show. What's it going to be next, huh? Man, it is bad news. Five six seven oh five sixty. What about internet radio? I was reading something about internet radio in Time or Newsweek on a plane, huh? What about it? Why couldn't we do internet radio? Why can't we? I don't know. Just uh, dump this whole crap on you know with this horrible signal and go on the internet. Sell advertising. We could advertise all those offshore gambling joints. Sure, we could sell, uh, advertise anything. Right. Even make a fortune. And then we could say whatever the hell we wanted to, at least uh, for a few months until they caught on, and then they started censoring the Internet, too. I'm telling you, that's what right. they want. It's just a matter of time before they're going to try to pull that crap to cable, satellite radio, satellite TV, and then the Internet. The word police. They've only just begun. WQM, hello. Not there. QAM, hello. QAM, yes, sir. How you doing, Neil? Okay. Uh... You have a problem with playing certain bits, I guess. Oh, God. WQM, hello. Not there. Wow, wow, wow. Have we uh, all of a sudden... WQM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How's it going? Pretty good. Excellent. Uh, pretty Western-oriented list, am I correct? A pretty nice what? A Western Hemisphere kind of oriented list. No, we said the most important person in the world. I don't think that Gandhi was in the Western Hemisphere or that um, Adolf Hitler... Thank did they put well, did they put Mao Zedong on the list? No, we did not. Mao is a big one. I was going to say Gandhi, but I heard you say him earlier, and he's probably the only guy on the list who didn't kill anybody. Chairman Mao? Oh, you mean no, Gandhi? Gandhi. <laughs> Gandhi. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Chairman Mao was killing me when they used to show those pictures of him he, swimming. Did you ever uh, see that? No, nobody can prove a thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Okay, thanks, thanks Neil. Mao Zedong, you got that? Be sure and put the oh, hyphens in there. I forgot to play the Gandhi man. We'll do it coming up momentarily. All right. We'll don't let me forget. Right now. <laughs> did you ever see those pictures? Those phony up pictures of him swimming? No. You never did? No, I saw the sex pictures. Oh, my God. It was just unbelievable where he's like paddling like a dog, but they sped up the frames, you know, so it looked like he was like an Olympic swimmer, Chairman, Chairman Mao, just flopping around there in the old pool. He was a, a real hoot. 5670560, pound 560 on the 18th. I don't think Philo Farnsworth ever killed anybody, although some of the stuff they put on his invention, some of the TV stuff, has sure been killing me for a long time. It's not his fault. He was ripped off, by the way, never made a dime off it. I know it. If you go on the Internet, do a search on Philo Farnsworth on there, you'll find some real interesting stuff about how he gets no credit, was totally uh, ripped off, etc. Kind of like what uh, Paul Castronova does to those of us who are on here doing original shows. By the way... Yes, something. Did it say this on his website that he was once a guest on uh, What's My Line? Or one of those. Uh, you know something? I remember that. In fact, I saw it. What Did year was really? that? I have yes. no idea. You really saw it? Or maybe I saw it on uh, Game Show Channel. But I may have actually seen it live. There we go. So, Here's John horrible. Charles Daly at What's My Line with Arlene Francis, Dorothy Kilgallen, Martin Gable. That was her husband, Arlene Francis, by the way. And Soupy Sales. I bet you Boca Brian just squeezing his uh, hair right now in a cup. Here's a fact that says, Dear Neil, a scientist named Rosalind Franklin was an incredible mathematician and pioneer in radioactive studies. She did all the work toward discovery of the structure of DNA. Watson and Crick got hold of her work, didn't give her any credit. See, there's another ripoff. Just like what uh, George Eastman used to do to Edison. See all those patents? Or was it the other way around? 
until uh, they received the Nobel Prize. By this time, Rosalind had died from cancer out of radiation exposure she got in her lab. Oh, boy, poor baby. So Rosa, Rosalind Franklin, nobody's going to know who that is, but put it on there. All right. I mean, we can't put Ben Franklin because he was a little bit ahead of his time, as in the wrong century. Someone else for your poll, William Shockley, worked for Bell Labs and was the primary inventor of the transistor. He invented the old transistor sister. And who of us old enough like me never had a nice little transistor radio? Do you ever have one? Um, it's hard to say. I've, I had radios from way back, you know what I mean? I don't know if they were transistors. I'm talking radios. about little portable transistor radios. Yes, I did. Well, there you go. Was that a difficult question? Tiny little handheld. Well, I don't know what made it a transistor radio. It was a transistor sister that every now and then would raise a blister, like uh, Frank Zappa would say. Oh, too bad we can't play that no more. Nope. Not even close. (laughs) 20 till 2 at 560 WQM Secretary's Day is this Wednesday, April 21. Make your exceptional assistant smile with an authentic Vermont teddy bear. Everybody at the orifice will think you're the best boss ever. Your assistant will receive a beautiful beer handcrafted in Vermont, delivered with free chocolate, and a gift card in Vermont Teddy Bear's famous gift box. Just call 1-800-829-BEER, and a friendly bear counselor will help you choose from bears like the Lifesaver Bear or the Real Boss Bear. It's a great way to show your appreciation in a fun and original way. It'll look great on their desk all year long. Sending a handcrafted Vermont Teddy Bear is a creative alternative to flowers that are dying dead. You know, flowers die in just a few minutes, really. And they'll always remind them, the bear, will that you appreciate all their hard work. Overnight delivery is still guaranteed, so call today, 1-800-829-BEAR, or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. The creative, the smart alternative to flowers for any occasion, that's 1-800-829-BEAR. Be sure and tell them that Neil told you to call 1-800-829-BEAR. Junior, honey. What kind of protest do you want? Sit in, love in, anything you want, as long as it's non-violent, you come to the right man, because I'm the Gandhi man. Spoken or denied a boycott. Turn the other cheek. Put out the plate of trouble for the prison for a week. The Gandhi man. The Gandhi man, oh, the Gandhi man, 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 The Gandhi man consents that he represents Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, and Asians, all the other religious persuasions, but a very few Caucasians. Who can really take a beat? Breakfast or a lunch, the Gandhi man. The Gandhi man. Oh, the Gandhi man. Oh, the Gandhi man. The Gandhi man can cause he mixes it with love and makes the system look bad. Makes the system look bad. 
It's a 147. How come we didn't put Fidel Castro on there? I guess Josh thought you were joking. No, I was not. It's number four on the uh, time list. How come we can't put him on there? All right. I mean, my Cuban friend from the airport on Saturday, he voted for uh, Elian Gonzalez because he had nowhere else to go. I mean, it's it's either going to be um, Fidel Castro or Morris Grisias, one or the other. So I guess we better put Castro on there, right? See. And how come we didn't put next to Philo Farnsworth, the inventor of TV? Because nobody's going to know who that is. I don't want to start getting pushy on these polls, but nobody's going to know who that is. No. Right? Right. This I'll, story I'll bothers me. This bothers me deeply and greatly. Manalapan may install cameras to photograph everyone driving into town. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Little town up there in Palm Beach County. You know Manalapan? Yeah. I thought it was some kind of candy. That's what you make it in. When this affluent island town, where two burglaries here is the norm, was hit with a trio of heists in just a few months, officials decided to put a stop to the crime wave by installing a surveillance system that eventually could track every person who drives into town in Manalapan. Cameras would record drivers' faces and license plates, and software could use the tag numbers to automatically check in just a few seconds whether a motorist is wanted by authorities or driving a stolen car, police chief Clay Walker said. Walker said he hopes the new system would make the 321 residents of this town, east of Lantan and Boynton Beach, a little bit safer. But ACLU attorney Jim Green said, though probably legal, it would be a scary invasion of privacy. Having Big Brother kind of surveillance cameras on us every time we come and go is, at least to me, he said, a truly frightening specter. It is truly Orwellian, and he is... Absolutely correct, sir. Retired Malapan resident Marion Pula said she thinks the new cameras are a good idea that would deter crime. And she said she isn't worried about them compromising her privacy. If a driver's wanted or something like that, or they have a background uh, to be checked, they just won't go in, Pula said. I just have to make sure that I'm dressed up to go out to the mailbox. In other words, she can't walk out there stark naked? Anymore. Anymore. Well, evidently it sounds like maybe she did. Town commissioners are expected to vote April 29, whether to spend about $50,000 to install the surveillance system at the single entrance to a section of town called Point Manalapan, where most residents live, Commissioner Basil Diamond said. If it works well there, Walker said he hopes the town would add cameras at all of its entries, including along the highly traveled state road A1A. There already is a video camera in the guardhouse at the entrance to Point Manalapan. It records images of passing cars, but it can't do what the new system would be able to do. The new cameras will be able to get clear images of license plates day and night rain or shine. In two to three seconds, a computer would scan the images, recognize the license plate number, and run it through a FDLE uh, database of stolen cars. If the system makes a match, police officers immediately would be alerted so they could catch the suspects. The town might also set up the system to run the license plate numbers through a watch list so police would be alerted if vehicles with plates matching those numbers entered the town. Get all the evildoers. Walker said he realizes the system might face criticism from ACLU and other groups, but he and Diamond said there's no reason for residents to be upset. It's just taking a picture of what anybody could see, what anybody could take a picture of if they were standing there. He said there's no technology looking in the trunk or anything like that yet. Or looking maybe like, you know, body cavity surgery, things like that yet. Next year. Group pushes Miami Beach to create domestic registry for gay couples. A leading South Florida gay rights group wants Miami Beach to create a domestic partnership registry and give incentives to companies that offer employee benefits for uh, these couples. Save Date approached commissioners about the idea several months ago, and committee members are now looking into what types of perks they can use. That's perks, P-E-R-K-S. 
to entice business? Commissioners will likely vote on the issue in June once the details are hashed out, Mayor David Dermer said. The point of all this is we have a long history on these issues, and this is a natural progression to ensure everyone equality, dignity, and human rights. There's been no opposition to the effort, he said. It goes on and on. No, not any opposition yet until people find out about it. And then, of course, all the goody, 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 the religionists still come out. Oh, you can't do that. That's bad. Special rights. Yada, yada, yada. You know how that always goes. Huh? Sure. All those people that are so concerned mm-hmm. about something. Other people's stuff. Right. Well, who other people are doing and what they're doing and when they're doing it, et cetera, and so on. Because they themselves are rattling around there in a the closet. You can hear the you can hear the sound of those skeletons rattling like crazy, like a laboratory, like that. The most important person of the 20th century. It's a two-house race so far. Edison 138, Albert Einstein 115, and Greg Reed didn't even make it. Almost out of time. Mad Dog coming up next. Uh, yeah, we needed one more fix of that, absolutely. Oh, right? man. Absolutely. It is just priceless, man. I'm playing it in the car. No extra charge for that. <laughs> Worth millions. <laughs> this is kind of cute where you just faxed me. This is from New York Magazine. A pressing issue of dinner party etiquette is vexing Washington, according to a story now making the rounds in D.C. How should you react when your guest, in this case, National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice, makes a poignant faux pas? At a recent dinner party host, uh, hosted by New York Times D.C. Bureau Chief Philip Taubman and his wife, Times reporter Felicity Berenger and attended by Arthur Salzberger, Jr., Maureen Dowd, Stephen Weissman, and Elizabeth Bumler, Rice was reportedly overheard saying, as I was telling my husband, and then stopping herself abruptly before saying, as I was telling President Bush, Oop. jaws drop, but a guest says to slip by the unmarried politician who spends weekends with the president and his wife seem more psychologically telling than incriminating. Nobody thinks Bush and Rice are actually an item. Heaven forbid. A National Security Council spokesman left and said, no comment. 
Uh, they're an item, all right. <laughs> yeah, no one yeah, that. I a couple do. of ant holes. I think it all the time. Wow. Ain't that something? She's unmarried. Don't you think she's a little bit yeah. old to be unmarried? Never been married? I don't know. We'll have to do a little research on that. Because, you know, if she's never been married, well, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate. Necessarily mean anything. We'll leave the speculation up to you. So far, the most important person of the 20th century, Thomas Edison, 142, Albert Einstein, 117, FDR, 93, Adolf Hitler, 52. Adolf Hitler is in a flat-out tie with... Absolutely. Oh, Howard David is. Absolutely. Ever see the two of them together? No. Same person. Just shaved off the mustache. And here. <laughs> well, he went through some uh, pretty rocky times, you know. Mad Dog is coming up next. We've got the Hebrew Hammer, Hank Goldberg, from Shula Stake 2 at 4 this afternoon. And the big, oh. at 7 and after that, it's, uh, you know what it is. Bye, bye, bye. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM. I think I ate my baby.